Turkish March. Road to Boston. The Harriet. That's where Steve went this weekend. He went to the Bilderberg Conference at all days. The first uh, Bilderberg Conference was held in the United States in the conference area of a Comfort Inn off I-10 in Tallahassee, Florida. In, in the breakfast of three-day-old bagels, cold coffee, and dry Frosted Flakes. Just just down the road from Cafe Risqué, the... Uh... <laughs> Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. It's Steve along with the other Steve. Hi! <laughs> and the incorrigible Ryan. I'm back to beer. It sounded like I was, you, I was, you just used a sword to cut that bottle open. I should have, <laughs> but I don't think uh, you, can, you can saber a sh- uh, Dos Equis bottle like you can a well, champagne you bottle. you wouldn't use a saber. <laughs> you, you have to use a saber. Yeah, you kind of have to. That's why they call it sabering the bottle. No... I, I guess you save. could use another curved curved blade, you know. You use you a scimitar. Use <laughs> a scimitar, maybe maybe some Hanzo steel. Yeah. The, the problem with the Hanzo I'm steel sure that's is, what is that Hanzo blade was originally purchased for. Yeah. Just just popping the popping the tops off of OE wires. bottles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we all know that it doesn't work with the Hanzo steel because it's just going to cut the the neck of the bottle off because it's so sharp. Yeah, you're just going to be you're just going to be standing there. You're going to look at it like, why isn't the cap popped off? And then it just slides off anime style, and you just get sprayed in the face with alcohol. <laughs> I've never seen it in person, but I've seen enough YouTube videos to know that I don't have a chance in hell of sabering a bottle correctly. So I'm never going to try. Yeah. But it looks cool as shit. It does look cool, but you really would have to practice and. It's an expensive habit, you know. You, yeah, because I don't think you can saber the the nine ninety nine fucking shit you get at the gas station. You so, could, so. could do that though. You could buy, buy some Michelob or some Amstel Light and just go. Yeah, to, some some like yeah, drink like Chris Russo from Mike and the Mad Dog. You got yeah, your Michelob, you are your Heinekens, are your Amstel Light? I'm like Chris, pick a fucking actual beer. God, <laughs> fucking asshole! Not flavored water. Yeah, you can seriously. get like you can get a twenty-four pack for like twelve bucks from Publix on sales. So, bro, have you ever gotten a Heineken that tasted like beer? It always tastes like feet. Heineken always tastes like it's skunked, and yeah. uh, I believe that's because glass bottles are green. Glass bottles are the second fastest to skunk, just past clear, which is why Corona always tastes like shit. Because it's, I guess, it, I guess that's the taste of skunk, or the beer just tastes like shit. That's why so, they. That's why you use the lime. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't feel like I should pay money to cover beer. up the taste of something. You know, I don't want to adorn my beer. You know, you don't, yeah. you don't adorn it. You just feel like you know, like. You're, you're upselling yourself by putting a, a lime wedge into the bottle and turning it upside down with your thumb on the the mouth of the bottle so it like goes in and then doesn't spill out. Yeah, I don't want you to know. Sh- now I'm now I'm dairy queening my beer. Now I miss being like 22 and going to the or no 24 and going like the pool parties around here. Oh, uh, when like alcohol didn't destroy you for the next day. Oh my god. Oh, that was the best. Next day? How about the next like week? It's a conspiracy theory, I think. Wait. Speaking of conspiracies, dun, yes, dun, dun. the the people the people behind alcohol poisoning the Illuminati. The Illuminati. I knew it. These sons of bitches are behind everything. Uh, when people usually talk about the Illuminati, they're usually referring to some sort of 
um, organization that never really existed. Um, some some sort of mythological um, sort of thing that, that that came out after the real Illuminati ceased to exist. Because the, the real Illuminati, the, the Bavarian Illuminati, as it's often called, um, only really existed for about nine years. That's it? Yeah. But you gotta understand, um, nine years when they existed, that was like 50 goddamn years. Yeah, I guess, you know, considering lifespans and all that. Typhoid. I'm just kidding. <laughs> The, the Illuminati itself was founded by this man named Adam uh, Weishaupt, um, who was a professor of, of canon law at a university called Ingolstadt. Um, and, and he himself was a former Jesuit, and he was sort of mad at the university um, because the Jesuits still controlled the university, even though um, the, the Pope had sort of disbanded their, their control over the university. Um, they, they still sort of controlled everything and still ran it like it was a Jesuit university when it wasn't. Hmm. Okay. Um, so on May 1st, 1776, um, he decides to found his own sort of order um, to, to go up against like the Jesuits and the Catholic Church and, and sort of this religious control over aspects of society. Um, and initially they called the secret society uh, the Perfectibilis. The perfectibility. Perfecto. And a, a lot of what. Water spell. And a lot of Weishaupt's sort of concept was to sort of do what people in the French Revolution would do later on, um, which is they wanted to replace Christianity with this sort of what they called a religion of reason. Good try. Okay. Nice try. <laughs> Good try. That's impossible I mean, because reason is rare. Well, I'm on board you, with it, though. Well, you can see it, it had such a good job, you know, going during the French Revolution that today, you know, France itself is mostly dominated by a religion of reason as opposed to the Catholic Church, you know, still still having its <laughs> its tendrils within French society to this day. Don't you blast from the French. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What, what, what the hell is that about? Are you a French defender now? I mean... I like all I'm saying is they don't deserve it. I don't think. Cut his mic. I don't think they're all. Cut his mic. This is done. Cut his mic. He's off. Only cut his mic. We're not. We're not the bilateral. I can only cut his mic in the post. The bilateral. I'm saying we can't shit on him just for no reason. We can't be the bilateral boyka. That sounds very gay. I'm sure that's already a, a podcast. Not that, that there's anything wrong with the gay bilateral boyka. <laughs> oh, God, are we doing that episode now? Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, I just always throw that in there because of the Seinfeld joke. You know, every time they mention someone gay on the show, I'm like, not that there's anything wrong with that. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you, the 90s. Fuck. Um, when when Weishaupt sort of creates a society, um, he sort of keeps, like, the Jesuit system of of sort of management um, they sort of keep um, internal discipline and they also have a system of, of mutual surveillance um, where, where members sort of report on the actions of other members to keep each other in line. That's like that app I found on someone's computer once when I was working on it. This guy was very uh, evangelical Christian and he had an app on there and I, I, I don't know what it was called but let's just call it Jerk Stop and essentially <laughs> what it was for was the uh, his friend would know when he was online because it would send a message to his computer. And if he went to an adult website, it would block him and send a message to his friend who would then have to talk him off the boner edge. What? <laughs> that's no that's bullshit. Actually, 
It's a real that's thing. Actually, that's actually the official, like, Mormon directive on what to do when you're traveling. That you should, if you're traveling away from your spouse or you're single, that you should travel in a group... And that, like, if there, you should have like a like a guy friend to like watch you. Like that's that's one of the reasons why like <laughs> the Mormon yeah, missionaries like, go in more, groups of two. Mormon trips end in in homoerotic relationships. Than that's not. why yeah. it's more men. It was originally more men. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they but they sort of like talk them down. Like like I'm ah I'm really I'm really not feeling that there's it. anything I, wrong I, with that. <laughs> it's like no. I do. Can't I can do just that. imagine. No, Jaden. Like Jaden, you're. Why did you go and say Jaden? <laughs> Fucking Jaden, you're making a mistake. Oh, man, Brant, <laughs> you're always right. Look, it's not Skyler. It's Skyler. Not, it's gonna be okay, look, man. Look, it, you keep telling me I'm on porn sites, but it's just Talbots. <laughs> The, the the Illuminati itself was sort of organized very much like the Freemasons were, which which will sort of come back um, to in a little bit. Um, so the the lowest people are called novices or hold novices. Up, hold up, let me get a year check. It's still around 1776. Freedom um, year is what I heard. The year of fucking freedom. Um, and there are three three levels of membership. There's there's novices, Minervals, and lesser Illuminati, which are the lowest um, rung. Minervals. Um, the the second one is. Um, it consisted of Freemasons, so it's ordinary Scottish and Scottish knights, and then the third um, is sort of the uh, mystery class, um, which has priest and regent, um, as well as magus and king as as their titles. This, this sounds like uh, like RPG classes and then <laughs> prestige classes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, initially he he's he didn't want to join the Freemasons. Um, because the Freemasons weren't really down with his ideas, and he also didn't want to pay dues to the Freemasons. This is post-Jesuit uh, vice-hopped. Yeah, he, he hasn't been a Jesuit for a while. Um, okay, good. And, and he he also has this sort of um, narrow uh, circle of disciples um, that are from his own students. Um, and then these students gradually... Um, increase getting members from places like um, Eichstadt, uh, Freezing, um, Munich, and, and other places. And, and they also try to find like other similar young men. Um, mm-hmm. and then Sounds it, questionable. It, and eventually in... Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> and, and eventually in, in 1778, um, he, he comes up with the idea that um, he, he needs to get sort of rituals for the upper levels... Um, like he claims that there's like a higher level that doesn't exist yet, which is like is the he top. slow rolling this organization? Yeah, he's like he's he just, does, he's making it up as he goes along. Yeah, and he he needs to sort of like make out the middle areas, which he decides he's going to do with sort of Masonic rites, and then also steal the upper levels of, of Masonic rites to form his. I'm picturing like this is like children playing in a yard with guns and one of them gets shot right like fake shot <laughs> and then he's on the ground and then he immediately like throws something in his mouth pretend and then gets back up yes but he goes tommy you got shot you're dead and the kid's just like no i just took a phoenix down <laughs> and i'm good him. i'm revived now and they're like this is fucking guns tommy not final fantasy this isn't the Illuminati. You can't make it up as you go. <laughs> this isn't Calvin. You're Ball. dead. Um. So, 
it, and a lot of this is also spurred on upon um, by two of his recruits. Um, one of them is named Adolf Franz uh, Friedrich, um, and the other one it, dodged a bullet there. <laughs> one of them is uh, Freiherr uh, von uh, Kniga, and Kniga is his. Um, that sounds like a like a stage actor from like New York, from like the Upper West Side. Free, Free hair von Kanika <laughs> of the New England Kanigas of the New England Kanigas, yeah. Um, he he sort of rises quickly in the ranks because he had been a Freemason, and he wanted to like change the Freemasons into an organization like the Illuminati. Um, but this, but one of the recruiters who finds him is like, well, there's already an organization that exists like that. Um, so he he joins the Illuminati, and he begins like recruiting more people. Um, he helps write. Hang back a second. You said he wanted to change it into an organization like the Illuminati, but he didn't know about the Illuminati. So you mean like they just had a shared ideal? Yeah, like he wanted to turn it into like this like organization based in reason that was sort of going to like transform Europe and sort of like to embody the age of reason. Okay. And right. and then like one of the recruiters sort of like runs into him and like they talk it up and he's like, "Oh, well that what you want to do already exists. It's my organization." So he he joins the free he joins the Illuminati. Um he brings his knowledge of sort of like Freemason things and he also develops um a constitution for the Illuminati, which is never actually like fully implemented, and he also develops like an internal system of communication that they use. Interesting. Did they um, think that this guy was kind of a joke, or did they like take him seriously? They they take him seriously, and they sort of use um, this sort of system of internal communication because during this time, a lot of the things they're talking about, you know, like the nobility like don't want this to happen, like. Like, the king doesn't want people to sort of implement these these sort of, like, ideas of the age of reason because they're, they're generally, like, democratic. Yeah, because um, they're by his power. Yeah, it, it's sort of like the fact, you know, that, like, Voltaire um, was called to the court of, like, Catherine the Great. Catherine the Great was, like, a big fan of Voltaire, but Voltaire ended up hating Catherine the Great because she never wanted to implement, like, anything Voltaire wanted. She just liked reading his books. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the system he develops, um, they all have, um, they, they use a cipher, um, and, and within the cipher, they all give themselves code names, which are usually based on sort of, um, things from Greek mythology. Ooh. Um, either, <laughs> either see, I Greek. Be, I can already see the fight. I want to be Zeus. I want to be <laughs> Zeus. <laughs> sort of like Greek philosophers and, and people like that. Um, for instance, uh, Weishaupt. Was referred to as Spartacus, who, who though he is Greek, he's not from like, you know, he's he's from sort of like Roman times, um, and and Kaniga was uh, was uh, Philo, like the dough, really, like the um, like the like dough, P H I L O, you know, yeah, like, like the dough, Philo dough, of the dough. I think fame. it's spelled. The, I think it's spelled the same way. Imagine, I love Philo imagine, dough. It's so crispy. Imagine your entire historical significance boils down to a dough. <laughs> it falls apart at the slightest touch of your palate, just like this man's idea. Well, you know what? 
You know what, Ryan? I'm going to raise you. You're going to talk about historical figures known for known for their food contributions. Let's Colonel go. Sanders. General Sal. <laughs> Epicurus. Keep going. General, well, well, General, uh, General, General Zhao never actually like made chicken. They just named it after him. Yeah, we talked about real, that. He's not a real chicken maker. Well, Colonel Sanders was a huge grifter. Cur- well, Colonel Colonel Sanders not only actually like. Like, sort I heard of he wasn't st- even a real fucking colonel. Guys. Stole the recipe. <laughs> he he bought his commission, Steve. Okay, he's a Kentucky colonel. Colonel Mustard um, wasn't a real colonel either. The, a, a Kentucky colonel was through a commission. Like some states have like a militia, like not the National Guard. Like they have their own like state militia that's separate from the National Guard. Yeah, they're, they're tactical yeah, militias. Yeah. Well, no, no. It's not even. It's not even like a tactical militia. It's an official state organization. It's like but state it's, militia, but it's not the National Guard. It's like the state it, militia. It's it's just it's just like losers right. buying like commissions, <laughs> like like I, like. I, I always think of that shit. picture of Ralph Wiggum on the bus, yeah. and he's like, and he just says, "I'm a militia." <laughs> like like you know like yes. from from RPG fame, Lou Zochi. Uh, Lou Zochi was in one of those. I think he was in Alabama. Oh, is that why he was a colonel? Yeah, he was a Kentucky it, colonel. No, he was. He was in Alabama, actually. But, oh, fucking Lou! But you, but you, <laughs> you essentially buy your commission, and like, there's no sort of standards for like, like physical or anything like that. So you don't. Oh, of course not. So you don't like exercise or anything like that. You just show up and then just like pretend to be in the military for like a weekend. So like the National Guard. Well, no, the, nas- the, na- the National Guard. The National Guard is two weeks a month. They're real. They're real military. A year, I guess you got to show up they're, for the. Guard. They're real. No, they're real military, dude. Because I have a friend who was in the, uh, in the reserve or the National Guard. I can't remember exactly, but he, uh, he. I think he actually almost got kicked out because he was out of shape. God damn! Like they'll kick you out if you're out of shape. You have you- to be like ready. Basically. They they go more than like I, I believe it's more than a weekend a month now, and, and especially with them being like shipped out to other places. But the whole thing about the National Guard is is that they're supposed to be a supplementary unit to the main military and do a lot of like the garrison duty. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that sort of changed in Vietnam um, because they didn't want to send the National Guard units off to Vietnam because they had to be in America's cities to prevent them from being you know burned to the ground during like race riots. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of how the the National Guard sort of got that reputation as, as sort of being you know like they they're not real soldiers. They just you know show up on the weekends and like don't do anything. But I literally thought their motto was like one week or one weekend a month. Two that's a, that's a recruiting method. That's yeah. all that is. Oh, okay. They're just trying to get you to join, <laughs> based on like it's not that hard, but you have to go through real basic training. I guess it's like and, the National Guard's you know, recruitment method. Like the army's like, we're gonna give you thirty thousand dollars. Not. That's like back anything. in the day when they had that commercial where it said exactly what you just said, and it started off with that. Like the cops on the street and the computer wouldn't boot, and the kid just walks over to the computer and goes, "Press F8 and reboot in safe mode, dumbass." Oh you yeah, know, yeah, like, I the, com- about, yeah, the I cop know. is just like, "Thanks again, Timmy," and then they're like, "If you're a, a hacker, join the army." Like, uh, okay. Listen, jokes on them though, because now they're using Xbox controllers to fly drones over there. So, oh my god. Well, <laughs> he on X Games mode. But, but, Military recruiters lie very much like the Bavarian Illuminati recruiters. Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> so, uh, eventually, the, the Bavarian Illuminati spreads um, all the way to, like, Western Europe, to, to Paris, 
Um, they they have people in Italy and Denmark and in and in Poland, um, and, and it's sort of at their height, they have around um, over two thousand members. Jesus, that's actually a lot. Okay, that's not a very exclusive um, club. And and a lot of um, and a lot of sort of literary people also sort of um, like what what they're sort of talking about. Name them off. Like roll them off. Like expose them. <laughs> like like Goethe. Um, yeah, but Goethe was like in like thirty goddamn Illuminatis. <laughs> Uh, Herder, um, and Gotha, and um, Charles Augustus of, of Saxe, Weimar, Eisenach. Okay. Um, and, and some nobles, um, some some of these people claim to have been members of the Illuminati, um, but people don't actually think they were. Like they were, they're just sort of claiming they were since the organization was so short lived. You know, do they actually take like role too? Like, do, do we know who is actually in the Illuminati? We we have a good idea of who who was like uh, uh, who the major players were in the actual organization um, because there, there's actually a lot of extensive writings from them and from this time um, and and a lot of them actually which we'll get to end up being sort of confiscated and, and sort of held and published um, so that sort of helped. Okay. Now, Steve, what I want to ask you is. Did the newfangled Illuminati have anything to do with the incandescent bulb changes? Well, consider, considering this is in the 18th century, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's the furthest I've ever gone for a pun setup. Um, they, they, the Illuminati, you get it? Yeah, I get it. I get Fucking it, Steve. Good. That's a good joke. Our listeners I get literally just hit our PayPal link. Oh, wait, we don't have a PayPal link. Fuck. <laughs> we need, Ryan, get on that. We need a we need a, we need a, a Kofi. We, we, PayPal we link to, be set up by the end of the day. We need to get up, we need to get on that Texas hair hair hairstylist grift. I know. Y'all, it's tyranny, y'all. People I can't, can't cut I can't cut the hair. I can't I can't feed my oh, five yeah. horses. My three mini horses, my lemur, my wallaby. Look, y'all. My, it says in the constitution. Children. It says in the constitution that I'm supposed to have an unalienable right to my fucking megafauna. Listen, the greatest thing I saw was the hairdresser that went on like a 20 that's minute a breakdown of this woman. That's and that's what her roots. Oh, oh, oh. And oh, was oh. like, hey. So based on the average length of time it takes human hair to grow and we can see where the coloration in her hair is, you know, we can determine this woman hasn't had her fucking hair done in like nine months, so I don't know what the fuck she's on about. I need to get my goddamn hair done. You look like shit. <laughs> like you needed to get done nine months ago, not today. Oh, like just, it man. Was, it was – okay, so here's the thing. I can't do the impression very well, but it was like a very flagrantly gay dude, which are my favorite gay dudes because they are hilarious and the best to be Not around. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, listen, it, because it, they have the most incredible the... takedowns of people, and it was it was painful for her. Like I was like, well, you oh, know girl. what they say: reality has an, a well-known gay body. It was say, fantastic. If, <laughs> say Ryan Ryan goes by the Homer Simpson philosophy. He likes his TV loud, his beer cold, and his homosexual flaming. Uh, <laughs> not that there's anything no I'm just I'm done now um, it, we always say that that's how we end up any political arguments like well, like I'm not voting for on, I like my uh, amendment 17 cancelled and my and my gays married um, to, to get back my to the schedule 3 to get back to the true yeah, masters yeah. of the world the Illuminati um, the, 
they also had some sort of minor notables that were actually believed to be members. Um, one, one was an astronomer named uh, Johann um, Bode, um, uh, the writer and bookseller uh, Friedrich Nikolai, um, philosopher um, Friedrich Jacobi, um, and poets... Was uh, he a Jacobin? Hmm? No, Jacobi. Oh, Jacoby. Oh, okay. All right, I got you. Yeah. Um, we says it different where I'm from. And and poet um, poets Friedrich Leopold um, and Graf zu um, Stolberg Stolberg. Why does everyone sound like they're Bavarian? Because <laughs> they is it, is it because it's the Bavarian Illuminati. <laughs> I know. Um, oh my god. And and. One of the things that sort of becomes prominent during this era, and it's not surprising because this is sort of where the French Revolution ends up going, um, is they sort of have this concept of a benevolent despotism um, as, as sort of a way to bring about the Enlightenment. And this even goes on into like Marxist thought in the in the 19th century, um, that you sort of have to have um, sort of this intelligent sort of like oligarchy of, of sort of like philosophers and learned people um, to bring up the rest of society um, to sort of the ideals they want to implement. Is that what benevolent despotism is? Yeah, it's it's sort of the fact like, you know, like a despot is sort of like a dictator. Yeah. Um, s- someone who rules through like command and then being benevolent, you know, it's just like being nice about it. Yeah, okay. You know, you say please before you say like, if you don't do it, I'm going to put you in prison. Hmm. <laughs> so basically every middle manager everywhere. I, to a degree. Okay. It's kind of like that episode of The Simpsons where, like, uh, the small group runs the town. I forget what that's called. Wait, wait which, which, which the Stonecutters? The no, it's not the Stonecutters. It's the one where it's, like, Lisa and Dr. Hibbert and, like, the and the nerdy uh, Isn't that the, the Mensa group? Guy. Yeah, the Mensa group. And, like, they're, they're like writing legislation in, in Springfield if I remember correctly. And then they get they, they get called um, they get called crossdressers or whatever because they're doing Shakespeare in the park. Yeah. yeah, they get called drag queens. Yeah. Wow. I know yeah. The yeah. Talking about, but I totally forgot. Mensa. It's, it's so called like, Mensa wow. International. Or no, it's called They Sit. Wait. It's called They Saved Lisa's Brain, I think. Anyway, that's what that's what it sounds like to me. Like, the smart people have to run everything. Throughout all this time, when the Illuminati is like expanding, um, and, and this is still in um, like the the late seventeen um, seventies, um, Weishaupt is trying to keep the organization secret from the Rosicrucians um, because the Rosicrucians, as as we sort of talked about with the Freemasons, you know, they're they're getting all up in these like Freemason chapters and and sort of like bringing them over to sort of like the Rosicrucian. Um, way of thinking like putting in more sort of like mystical thinking Um, whereas Mm -hmm. like a standard like freemason group is is just sort of like a a fraternity Mm -hmm. you know they they have events um they're they're probably not as much alcohol poisoning well during this period of course there is um (laughs) but (laughs) but i don't know because i know like current freemasons you're they don't drink in the lodge I, like you're not allowed to drink I'm, in the lodge. I'm pretty sure that they like they did back in these days. Yeah, because like them from somewhere in some events. So clearly they got hammered in these fucking lodges one night, and the next morning they're like, "All right, 
Guys, yeah, I don't no know. No more drinking. Maybe. In the watch. I mean, we're done with that. It must. It must have been there, at least at some point. And I feel like that's probably like an American thing too. Like that you can't drink in the lodges. It's sort I, of like yeah, I'm almost. I certain. find that hard to believe. It's it's sort of like a uh, like in the navy. Like like the American navy is like one of the few navies in the world where you you can't drink. Now, do you not sea. find that hard to believe, right? Because like Americans would be the ones to say, you know, don't drink because they're a bunch of Protestants. Well. No, I, I for a very small period of time, yes, when 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 alcohol was outlawed, but during prohibition. But I feel yeah, but even bef- even before other. that, I feel like people even would kill before each other that, if you shut down bars and stuff. Yeah, it depends on what part of the country you're in, too. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So the the Rosicrucians, um, e- even though they were like predominantly Protestant, um, the, they were actually like very like pro like monarchy um they, they were sort of pro clerical organization um and, and a lot of their views because you know they're into sort of like christian magic is sort of at odds with like the illuminati sort of like very rationalist um ideals of a of a society run by you know scientists and philosophers and stuff like that right so so eventually um the two come into conflict um when the illuminati is sort of exposed to the rosicrucians um, and and what happens is is that like a member of the Rosencrucians um, gets sort of like brought into the Illuminati, um, and there's this guy named uh, Colorat, and he was a high ranking um, he was a high ranking um, Rosicrucian, and, and he sort of has the ear of Prince Charles of, of Hesse Castle. Um, who who is like sort of like a local like um, who doesn't <laughs> local leader of a principality you know in the region, um, and he sort of brings up that you know that the um, the Illuminati is sort of poaching uh, Rosicrucians. Do we have a reason for that? Um, or is it just like power of the power struggle? It, it's just sort of the power struggle. Like he sees you know that they're losing members, um, and that. Um, it, it's they they don't really like the Illuminati because they're sort of at odds with what they want to do. Gotcha, gotcha. And and this one Prussian uh, Rosicrucian. Named, they're both vying for the same morons. That's basically what Steve's saying. <laughs> yeah, they're both vying for the easily led, secret like secret searching people. The sheep. These fucking yeah. sheeple. It's it just just think about it as like MLMs. Like, like they're sort of in competition with each other. Like they, they want to like, they, they need these people. Like they, they sort of have the same demographics of like people who want to change society. Yeah. People who, who, who start MLMs, like the people at the very top, not the people who get duped by them, but the people at the very top of the MLM periods should literally just be hung upside down and have their fucking pockets shaken out. Like, a oh yeah, they should be, they sh- there should be Mussolini-type monuments There's, of hanging corpses of MLM disgusting owners. Story people besides like those yeah. small loan people, like the payday loan people. They're just so Western Sky. So <laughs> Although I give a I give a pass kind of to Western Sky because you know how much we fuck the Indians, but uh, yeah, you know. So if they want to charge thirty nine percent interest, that's <laughs> oh, fine. It's, it's more than that. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like a, it's like a hundred and thirty nine. <laughs> Steve, you, you just you just named out like a, a really bad like like car loan, like what from, from a dealership like thirty nine percent. That's like that's oh, just yeah. like, like standard standard interest. legal bad, 
bad like Steve, interest. let me ask you a question about these Illuminati versus the Rosicrucians. Wh- which one was buy here, pay here? Because that's the better one. <laughs> you know, because if you're going to go into like I heard that one of those organizations, you know, you had to pay a third party and might have been Jewish. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, and one of <laughs> the Jewish guy, his last name, I can't remember what it is. It's something with a Steen. You, you'll know him when you meet him. You'll understand. I believe since it's Bavaria, it's probably Urkelbrow Blatz. <laughs> you say Urkelbrow as in like, <laughs> now we, Steve We're... Urkelbrow Blatz. Now, now, if we ever, if we ever like Carl make our would, own Carl in that show would be spelled with a K. <laughs> now, if we ever make our own micro brew, it would, it would have, we'd have to have an Urkel brow. Oh my god, yeah, Urkel brow! And it's just a beer where if you drink it, sometimes it tastes a certain way, and other times it tastes way cooler. And then we, then Get we'd it? have to have the uh, the Jaleel, uh the Jaleel White Ale. Oh my god! Did I brew that? I bet we could. Oh it my god, itself. dude! It writes Holy itself. Holy fuck! All right, dude. I just want everyone that, that might be listening, which apparently has almost a hundred people now. So that's now we're good. over a hundred, dude. Oh, fantastic! All hundred or so of you. That's copyrighted. Okay? You can't. You can't make. Did I brew that? You can't do it. I will sue you into non-existence, Mister. I'll Mr. call fucking John Morgan, Mister White. If you're out there, if you're listening, call us. Yeah, that would be amazing. Oh man, um, Urkel does. Does Laura listen to the show? God. One one of these Rosicrucians, he, he's a Prussian named uh, Johann Christoph von uh, Waldner. Um, he he sort of begins a campaign against the Illuminati, um, and, and sort of claims that they're um, that they're atheists and that they they that they have like revolutionary tendencies that they sort of want to overthrow the current order. Um, Waldner himself, he he's sort of like a um, like sort of like a scam artist mystic. Um, he is like a specially engineered room. That he uses. Um, you could just say he's a mystic. Yeah, but he's like more so than just like, <laughs> all right, now we're gonna hold hands and we're gonna. Oh, you like, mean he? Oh, so he's, he's very clear. So he's, he's like a, a Madame Blavatsky. He like he has his own like special room. Miss Cleo. Yeah, oh. he has a special room that like so that like when he does seances Steve. and stuff, things happen. Can we? Oh, that's fantastic. Can we do an episode about TV psychics? It's <laughs> historical. Recent history, because like Miss Cleo's story alone is awful. <laughs> just amazing. how much, how much, no, but how much they fucked her, dude. Like oh, she yeah, they fucked her over. Oh my god, she got fucked so bad. But like, you know, my favorite joke from that time period is still the Dion Warwick joke. How come she didn't see this coming? That's <laughs> <laughs> so good every time. She um, called herself now for her free Tara reading. So anyway, th- this one. <laughs> So anyway, this guy says that they're atheists. Who's this guy again? Uh, this is Volner. Okay. Um, and he he's sort of like claiming, you know, that they're atheists and that they're they're revolutionaries. Um, and in and in seventeen um, eighty three, um, Friedrich the Great um, informs Charles of Hesse um, that the Berlin lodges had that they had found these sort of documents 
um, belonging to the the Minervals, the lower levels of the Illuminati, um, which contained which he claimed was appalling material, um, and and he sort of asked if he had heard of them, um, and a, a lot of the material that they have is sort of just like banned book type stuff, like stuff about oh, okay. like reason and, and revolutions and it's stuff like, they like can't, that. Can't have the catcher in the rye. Can't catch in the rye. Yeah, can't it's have like Turner Diaries, those kind of books. Well, the Turner Diaries can fuck off, but yeah. the Catcher in the Rye... I'm just saying uh, it's a banned book. I'm not, it is a banned book. I'm, n- I'm not saying anything else about that piece of trash. I'm just saying it's a, it's a banned book. <laughs> but, but, when, but when I say it's like banned books, it's like the good banned books. Okay. It, it was like, it's like Howard Zinn's like history of the, the people's history of the United States, like that, types, that type of stuff. Yeah. Like to kill a Can't have this shit in here. It makes us look bad. Um, so... All the Masons in Berlin are, are sort of like warned against the order, like to be out on the lookout for them. Um, <laughs> and and apparently the Masons out on the fucking stoop. <laughs> All right, and, we'll keep a lookout. <laughs> and they're they're also warned against like using the writings of like Voltaire. Um, oh fuck, that's bullshit. Um, to to sort of like undermine like religion. Voltaire was far from perfect, but he was uh, he's one of my favorite of the philosophes it's, of that period. And, Big fan. And the Rosicrucian organization that, that Volner belongs to, by the way, is called the Three Globes. Okay. Um, and it's it, like the Three Seashells? Do we know how these globes work? <laughs> is it like the globe that Trump and the I could, other two guys put their hands on? Like the glowing orb globe? Possibly. The Saudi, possibly. The I Saudis? Could, yeah. That was the Saudis, like, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was the, the Saudis. Saudis. Trump and somebody else was putting that was, on that glowing orb. That was before they did that, like, that, like, huge party where they were, like, sword dancing and, like, mm. Steve Bannon is, like, thinks he's about to, like, die. Oh, my God. Where he's, like, mm. he's, like, sword dancing with them. Like, they have, like, they all have, like, scimitars and they're, like, dancing around this room. Mm-hmm. And, like, Steve Bannon has this look on his face of, like, he's, like... It's like that scene, like for him, like he's like about to like die, like this. Is. Oh my god! The equivalent would be like if a Saudi came over to America on the Fourth of July and sat here terrified that he was about to die when everybody's lighting off fireworks. Like that's how no, ridiculous when they're shooting he fucking guns in the air. Like that's how ridiculous he looked. I know, I know. Um, he's a terrible person. So in in November of 1783, um, the the three globes. Um, they, they sort of begin describing the Illuminati as a Masonic sect um, that, that wishes to, you know, undermine Christianity and, and sort of, like, turn Freemasonry into a political system. Okay. And, and, and within a year of them doing that, um, they're, they're able um, to, to sort of make it so that members of the Illuminati are, are refused to be recognized as Freemasons and, and sort of the sects they control. Wow. So this grassroots movement's really getting stomped. And um, in, in, in Austria, um, the, the Illuminati are sort of blamed um, for sort of like anti-Catholic um, and anti-religious pamphlets that, that sort of begin appearing. Um, and the, the Rosicrucian... How these pamphlets like come about? Like, was there a guy on the street handing these anti-religious pamphlets out to people? I, I, think I always wondered that. I think they're just, you know, like... When like when you find like a chick track like in a bathroom like that type of thing. Oh uh, yeah. You know, the I usually just it sounds like a lot of self persecution right here. It does not sound. I like right. to put the chick tracks in the toilet and pee on. <laughs> well, I like to read them, Steve, because they're always. <laughs> no, I'm done. I've read, I've read one or two, and I, I get the gist. Read them while you pee. 
After you put um, it in the urinal. Yeah. The little, I little, can't. Little the bathroom ink melts away to my urine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they they sort of pin on this one guy named um, Joseph von Sonnefels, um and, and other sort of people that suspected of being an Illuminati and sort of begin denouncing them. And, and they sort of shut down all Illuminati recruitment in Austria. Hmm. And the, as, as the Rosicrucians... Or did they? Dun, dun, dun. And the, the Rosicrucians had also sort of learned more about um, the Bavarian Illuminati um, because they were they, there was this guy named uh, Ferdinand uh, Maria Botter um, who, who was in um, the Rosicrucians. Um, and he, he sort of very publicly like leaves the Rosicrucians. Um, because he's because he joins the Illuminati after joining uh, when he's already a member of the Rosicrucians and the Illuminati very publicly like did he put up like a billboard well, I'm, I'm out aren't they supposed to be a secret society isn't that like marked for death well, if he does that kind of shit you guys I was in the Illuminati well, no, and I'm not now this is yeah this I is what he I'm does talking, I'm telling you everything I know <laughs> yeah he just turns into Joey Diaz and just starts <laughs> ranting no he turns into 6ix9ine he just gives everyone yeah, up he just starts into <laughs> 6ix9ine and then I'm they put him in you. jail and furthermore I know, I know where the globes are <laughs> oh my god um, <laughs> I know where the Mormons hide their plates so he he joins he joins the Illuminati and the Illuminati like tell him like, well, you can't join an organization if you're a member of another one. So you're gonna have to like leave the Rosicrucians. Um, but what he does is that when he sends his like resignation letter to the Rosicrucians, he states, you know, that the Rosicrucians don't actually possess any secret knowledge, and that um, and that the the true like keepers of secret knowledge are the Illuminati. And he specifically identifies the lodge he's joining which is Lodge Theodore, the main lodge of the Illuminati. And, and he sort of says this is like a, a Masonic lodge that's sort of secretly operating as um, it, it's secretly operating as a Masonic lodge, but it's actually, you know, wow. been taken over by the Illuminati. And, and he just like tells like all of this to the Rosicrucians. So he basically throws it in their face in his, yeah. in his letter to go. He's like, y'all he, bunch of fucking idiots. These other guys know what's going on. And by the way, that lodge you think you've got, uh -huh, you don't. <laughs> you don't have it. They have it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so he just basically uh -huh. in your face. <laughs> Why'd like, you say it like he's like a fuckboy? He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's a fuckboy way to go out, dude. <laughs> he's like, that live, don't. laugh, love, that live, laugh, love meme. I think those things that say live, laugh, love should say, I'm alive. Ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and Fuck, and the good. the Illuminati itself is in like bad straits because over time, you know, uh, people are leaving because they they sort of catch on that like things at the higher levels are not as set out as they claim to be. Like the whole time, Weishaupt is claiming that he sort of has like people above him. Like he he sort of does that claim, you know, that like I'm I'm working for like my secret like the the real people running the show, but he's the one running the show. Um, yeah, he's like uh, that guy over there, the, the one with the bullhorn and the mullet, Jimmy Hart. <laughs> yes. he's, he's secretly in charge of the Illuminati. And then, it's not the seven-foot wrestler who's really powerful. And then he, it's Jimmy Hart, and he eventually opens a restaurant in Tampa. Oh my oh. god! Um, and, and it's called the Bavarian Illuminati Restaurant. But and 
like Kaniga, like eventually gets to a point with Kaniga where he sort of like catches on that things are up and he like wants to know like more and Weishaupt eventually like admits everything to him and Kaniga stays for a really? bit, but he eventually like leaves because he just gets tired of like dealing with all this stuff. And he also like gets in gets in trouble with the law over things involving the Illuminati, just like minor things. So he he gets out. Like what kind of minor things? Like he's he's accused of um, certain crimes. Um, I, I believe there's some stuff involving him possibly having an affair um, with a noble woman, like things like that. Oh, crossing the bloods! You can't do that. Um, and, and, and eventually in, in 1785, the, the Bavarian government, um, bans the organization by edict. Um, I, I, did you say by edict edict? or eating? Edict. It sounded like, it's, it sounded like he said bans the organization by eating. Bans the organization! Eat them! (laughs) Look at them. They will not stop putting food in their mouths. We cannot, there's no way we can operate. Well, you know. I'm never going to financially recover from this. That's, that's because the king of Bavaria, you know, he's like Uder. (laughs) Uder. Uder. I'm all my I'm all soft from eating all the chocolates. I'm about to say, isn't Bavarian milk like their chocolates? So I mean, a little little little, little piggy round rotund. Bavarian cream donuts, you, huh? It's if, an ancient recipe. If you want to know like the stereotype of a Bavarian, it's like Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes. Like just yeah, just, just think of just think like of a, a fat dumb pretzel. guy. A fat dumb farmer is essentially like the Bavarian like stereotype. Uh, yeah, I could boil Irish stereotypes down to a single sound. <laughs> Why are they drinking Shasta? <laughs> Diet Shasta. Because <laughs> it's the orange flavor. Diet well. Shasta orange. <laughs> yeah, no, when I was not. reading Angela's Ashes, Frank McCourt p- opined the lack of Shasta <laughs> in his native land. No, I had some beers. It's, it's one of the main reasons he left. What's that? <laughs> I had some beers left over from Cinco de Mayo. This is the Natty Light Seltzer Aloha beer. Did you do uh, Did you do Cinco de Mayo like at your home? I did. I did. Fantastic. I I, uh, I I had a burrito and then I bought some um, because the Aldi right next to me opened again, so I bought some Aldi like Corona. Are they Are they allowing like one person at a time, or is it just like uh, end of days scenario? They there? They do the aisles, and then when it comes time to check out, it turns into like end of days where it, it's just like the last it's helicopter it's the last yeah. helicopter out of saigon while like people are like in line like waiting to check out you say like you say like have a nice day to somebody and they're like don't talk near me <laughs> oh my god it's hilarious it's so, probably like mad max fury road by my house it's insane dude i like it parts. i like it this way it's easier for me but so many people not following the rules in there. Like, there's there's clearly marked signs on the floor that you, you're supposed to go one way down the aisle, and there's just just a schmuck couple that cannot excuse themselves for any reason because they're young. I was, you know, I was in mm-hmm. Publix. Like, this was like a couple weeks ago, back back even before like they started like pitching like the the myth, you know, that we're that we've like beaten this. Um, oh and there was this younger couple. And the woman in the couple, she was just, like, rubbing her face and, like, touching her nose and her mouth and, like, rubbing her eyes. And it was just, like, this is, this, this is why this happens. 
I um, watch people that wear glo- wear gloves and touch everything, and then touch their face, and then touch yeah. their phone, and then touch. Yeah, the- I'm just like, what are you what are you doing? Do you, do because you- I, I I made this analogy to my wife. When you go out on the road and you drive, and there's a speed limit, right? Who follows it? Like one, two people out of ten, maybe, right? We'll picture that now. Now, like, picture they said you all have to wear masks. Nope. Nope. Like, maybe two, three people out of the recommendation are going to actually do it, and the rest of them are the assholes who just don't even pay attention, and they're only out there for themselves. It's fucking selfishness. That's what it comes down to. It's constitutionally against my freedoms. When I have to wear a mask, that is tyranny. (laughs) That one fucking meme that someone sent me, I think it was on the Something Awful forums, um... It was, uh, hold on, I'm loading it up right now, because it's, I, I don't know if I sent it to Steve earlier this week, it's like, uh... Shout out to is... beautiful goons on something awful. Uh, yeah, we love you. Oh yeah, why won't the deep state let me go to Denny's? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a rebel flag and a furry in camo. Yeah, it's the, the crying fox furry. <laughs> Which... Why won't that deep state let me go to Denny's? Which... That is that is an un like the background of that image like is the original image which is like a crying like fox furry with the Confederate flag behind it. Oh my god! Um, so like so, would you say the Illuminati was like the deep state? <laughs> like I would. It's, it's I would say they were they were done in by the by the deep state. Because I feel like the deep state idea is that. There's some layer, like it's like the bullshit that Weiss, Weisshaupt was was pushing. Well, the, that there's some extra layer, but the the scarier notion is that there isn't. The, that the evil's right there. <laughs> the the whole the whole concept of like the the deep state is that you know like that there's a there's this entrenched like bureaucracy that that's sort of like secretly controlling things and pushing their agenda. But what a lot of right. people don't really realize is, you know, like, they're, they're just describing the way any organization works, you know, because yep. not, like, 100% of the U.S. government is not elected, and it wouldn't make sense for them to be, but but they just sort of hate the idea of people whose, like, job is just to, like, work in government for, like, 20, 30 years or whatever and then retire, because, like, these are the same people who think, like, they should only work at a place for, like, two to five years like take as much as they can from the place and then move on to the next place with a bigger paycheck. Are these also the same kind of people who think that ten percent is good enough for God, it's good enough for the IRS or whatever the fuck that bumper sticker says? I to a degree. Okay. It, it's, it's a Venn diagram. Um, okay. But when the the Bavarian <laughs> government bans the Illuminati, um, some of the members get imprisoned. Um, others are sort of like run out of Bavaria. Um, Weishaupt is one of these people. Um, he's he's stripped of his chair at um, at Ingolstadt, and, and he's forced to leave Bavaria. He can't come back. Um, and then, sort of after 1785, um, in 1785, how do you like enforce that? Don't you come back? We're watching the whole border for you, Weishaupt. Well, I guess it's sort of like people are told to look out for him. Like you know, they have yeah. newspapers and stuff, and he's just sort of right. told like, if you come back, like you're dead. Because it's not like it's not like today. Like if you get deported, like it's like if you come back, what's going to happen? Like you're going to go to jail and you're going to get deported again or whatever. Like yeah, it's time- like my buddy who got banned from um, 
the uh, New England Patriots stadium, and he still goes every every game. Jesus Christ! But it's there's like no way for them to caught. There's no way for them. That's such a good story. I'll have to. I'll get the story from him, and I'll I'll tell it at one point if he's okay with it. But it's absolutely amazing. Well, that's he that's, was like that's because Gillette Stadium's a fascist state. But anyway, oh my god, dude, dude, he's like the biggest fucking Patriots fan, and he like Gillette- he was he was like eight beers deep. And they threw him into a fucking, like, holding pen. Gillette, he wasn't even drunk, because he's an alcoholic. Gillette Field, Gillette Field is like Singapore. Like, it has all um, these ridiculous rules about what you can and cannot do in the stadium. And excuse it's like, me, it's oh Gillette Stadium at Foxborough Field. Okay? Oh, I'm sorry, Gillette Stadium right. at Foxborough <laughs> Field. <laughs> where, <laughs> where, like, they have all these rules about, like, how loud you can be and stuff. And it seems like things that, like, oh, that just sounds reasonable. But in, a, like, a sports setting, it just turns it into, like, Turbo Singapore. Yeah. <laughs> um, Excuse me, sir. Sir, are you chewing gum? Uh, yeah, that's five minutes on the pyre. <laughs> but oh, after no. 1785, there's, like, no records of Weishaupt or the Illuminati. Like, they're just completely shut down. Like, people, people move on, because, like, because you have to remember, like, secret societies during this time are, like, a dime a dozen, um, so I'm sure the people who belong to ones, like, outside of, um, you, you know, like, the I, made Illuminati, and it, it also doesn't help, too, that when the Illuminati is broken up, all of the papers that are sort of confiscated from the members that are arrested or banished are published by the Bavarian government. So all their secrets are sort of nice. aired publicly. So people get to know about like sort of what was going on in the organization. So I guess that also probably kills um, sort of like people wanting to still like keep it going. So what was going on in the organization? Was it just a lot of just like intelligence sharing, a lot of like just kind of things that we would consider today being very boring? It, I, it would be like boring. I would say like think accommodation of like like any sort of like freemason group today with like the chamber of commerce like like people are like this is how we're going to influence like the government mm-hmm. like we're, yeah we're, the ultimate goal is always upward networking it, it's just about That's like we're going to bring in people like we're going to get them to think the way we do we're going to get them to like implement policies that we want to get implemented okay and all of this would sort of probably like no one would talk about the Illuminati um, until these two guys um, named um, uh, Burl and, and, and Robeson come along. Um, so one of them is, is Augustine uh, Burl, who um, it, between 1797 and 1798, um, he writes this sort of... Um, sort of book called Memoirs Illustrating the History of Jacobinism. I really um, thought you were about to say Memoirs of a Geisha. <laughs> <laughs> All about the Illuminati. You think it's about like a woman's say. love affair with a man in wartime <laughs> Japan, but in actuality, <laughs> it's about the Illuminati. Beyonce, Illuminati. Jay-Z, <laughs> Illuminati. Bill Gates, Illuminati. Blue, Blue Ivy, Antichrist. Um... <laughs> And in John Robeson, he writes this book called Proofs of a Conspiracy, and they sort of tie the Illuminati into um, Jacobinism. Um, and Jacobinism is sort of this movement that sort of happens, um, it, it sort of dies out by the 19th century, um, but it's sort of this movement um, to replace, like, you know, the, um, the in, 
sort of like bring back um, the House of Stuart into the UK. Okay. Of course. Um, because when the House of Stuart, because remember the Stuarts are kicked out of um, the UK, um, and they, they sort of go into exile in France, um, they bring back one of the Stuarts, and they sort of say the other ones can't come back. Okay, okay, like, Phil, he's fine. The rest of you, though, you gotta stay out. Because what happens that is... That includes you, Leon. Leon, stay the fuck out. <laughs> what? What did I do? What did I, do? <laughs> I think my keys are still in there. Can I just come in and look real quick? Just real quick look around? I think I... And maybe drop a few pamphlets off, maybe? With my keys. Because they, they bring back William and Mary, um, and William and Mary come back. Um, they're, they're not there for very long, um, but, but they sort of come back because they're Protestant. Um, and, and eventually... Is that, are they named, or is the college named after them? Yes. Yeah. Um, that, there and, you go. and eventually, um, Anne is their successor, um, but Anne doesn't have any successful children. Um, all of all of her children like die at a young age. Bunch of fucking fail sons. Yeah, they, um, they couldn't even live. Holy shit! <laughs> um, so, so they're they're replaced uh, by the House of Hanover. Um, you set that joke up, by the way, because that was fucked up. And you set that joke up. You were like, <laughs> none of her children are successful. And then I go to make the joke, and you're like, they're all dead. <laughs> so the, uh, the House of Hanover, which is a which is a German originating house that that's somewhat related to the Stuarts. They come in, but people want to bring back the nominally like Catholic um, Stuarts. Um, but eventually, like the Jacobinism, Stuart. like dies out with the Stuarts, um, and, and it doesn't help the fact too that the last Stuarts were sort of hanging out in France, and then the French Revolution happens, so they have like nowhere really to go that's close Oops. to the UK. Um, they they also successfully you know like launch invasions, um, but they're crushed by the by the Hanoverians. Hanoverians um, being that that like George the Third was was from the House of Hanover. Okay. All all the Georges were all the Georges. The Hanoverians were were from the were Hanoverians. I'm not gonna lie. So I got I got high a couple days ago and binge watched like an hour's worth of um this this. Oh, fuck, I can't remember what the bro, it, it was a YouTube bro. channel basically about King Henry the Eighth. And An hour is not a binge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because it was like six episodes of this thing. Well, like little ten-minute clips. Steve, oh, okay, okay. Steve, you have to understand, he was high, so that hour that was, felt that was like, like it was like six days. hours. Oh, yeah. yeah. It felt like a week. But I learned if, all about Henry VIII and, and how, yeah. yeah. Those it, was each, it was pretty good. Each ten-minute episode felt like, you know, he was watching, like, Ken Burns, like, Civil War or Vietnam. Like <laughs> Each ten-minute episode 30 like unnecessary personal roots. letters. It felt so long, every single goddamn one. 30, uh, Ken Burns is great for the 30 unnecessary recitations of personal letters in every yeah. documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dearest Margaret, <laughs> I was chafing so bad today that the general <laughs> gave me the weekend. I tried to shoot the chafe off, but it didn't work, so I covered it in black powder and lit the chafing up. There it burned is... me horribly. I wish they'd invent baby powder already. Um, so, Burl and, and Robeson, um, in, in their books, they sort of lay out this theory that the Illuminati is behind like an ongoing like international like atheist, um, rationalist, like revolutionary like conspiracy. Um, and they claim that the French Revolution is a part of this. 
because okay. um, because in the UK they're like terrified of the French Revolution. Um, the the nobles are, are terrified because it's like right on their doorstep and people are getting guillotined. You know they they hate the French, but they they don't want that happening there. And then um, a lot of common people also um, also sort of don't really seem to like it that much. Um, you know, some people want to abolish the monarchy, but some people are also like terrified with like the waves of violence and then eventually, you know, the rise of Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the books are popular, um, so they get reprinted and, and people paraphrase them. Um, like one of them, this guy named uh, Reverend Seth Payson, um, he publishes a book called Proofs of the Real Existence and Dangerous Tendency of Illuminism, which is all about like the Illuminati conspiracy. Okay. Um, and they're also... This is after they've left, right? They're gone. The guy that started has been kicked out. They're lost as far as we, As yeah, far the, as we know, the actual Illuminati yeah, is gone. The, the, the Illuminati... The Illuminati by this point has been dead for like seven years. That's the problem with supposition. That really is the problem with supposition. Um, and it, you can't prove it, so it's completely like up in the air all the time. And you, and you also get um, and you also get sort of like rational, like critical takedowns of like the French Revolution. One of them is written by this guy named Jean Joseph uh, Monnier, and it, he writes this book called On the Influence Attributed to Philosophers, Freemasons, and to the Illuminati on the Revolution. Of France, which sort of like ties this all to sort of like a wave of rationalism. What's crazy about the French Revolution is that just based on facts alone that happened during the French Revolution, if you were inclined to attack the French Revolution, you could. You could. And you'd probably be right to a certain extent, you know, yeah. wanton death and violence. Well, like, it got an end, but in the end, it became corrupt too. Yeah. And it was like, you know, you had reason to go against it. You didn't have to make shit up. Like, like in the United States, like, for instance, Thomas Jefferson was a big fan of the French Revolution, um, just despite the fact, you know, he was a slave owner. Um, and, and Alexander Hamilton himself was, you know, opposed to the French Revolution. But he himself was also, like, an abolitionist. Right. Um, or I guess you would say he was a proto-abolitionist, because, you know, the abolitionist movement, as it came to be called an abolitionist, didn't exist at that time period. Right. Um, so, the the works of, of Robeson and Burrow eventually, like, sort of make their way to the United States. Um, and this New England uh, minister named uh, Jebediah Morse, um, God, he was a congregational so uh, minister and, and geographer, um, he he's begins delivering sermons against the Illuminati. Um, All right, and, now, Jebediah. God, I hate that name. And the, the first, I like Jedediah. Like, to get rid of the B, add the extra D. Yeah, Jedediah. Well, it, yeah, it's Jedediah. Okay, oh, that's so much cool. better. Okay, Jedi, yeah, yeah, Jedediah. Jedediah you gotta, if it's Jebediah, get the fuck yeah, out. Get out of you fucking Amish fuck. Um, <laughs> I'm not worried about offending Amish. They can't, li- they can't listen to us. Amish, Amish swerve. English, you know what? English. There was an up. Amish. There is one Amish listener, and he is in the hayloft, and he's got a transistor MP3 player. And you just fucking, you just totally ran him off the podcast. God damn there it! Was, what is he gonna tell? There was, there's a he's, couple. He's gonna tell himself and then give it up, and then he's just gonna go back to you know, farm life. You know, Ryan. There were there were a couple Amish. You know that are on Rumspringa. Yeah, you know, he won't stay on his Rumspringa forever. He'll go back to mom. Like the like the Schmellies, you know, you got him. 
That is so good. He got them all. He got them all worked up. He's going to go back, you know, defend his people's ways. Um, but the, the I don't even want to ruin it. But like season seven of uh, of uh, what's the name of that fucking show? Letter Kenny. Letter Kenny. Yeah. When they go over their house, the Mennonites' house, yeah, to the, uh, like, help. Uh, I, I, I'm not even going to ruin it. Just ruin season it. seven. Look it up. Fucking one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, one of the like one of the actual like first instances of like the Illuminati being printed in the United States was actually one of Jedediah Morse's um, sermons, um, which was printed on May 9th, seventeen ninety eight. Um, and, and this is because Morse, um, he had been alerted by a friend of his um, in um, Reverend John Erskine um, of Edinburgh, who's, who's actually like a somewhat famous like minister from that time. Um, Erskine had read proofs um, shortly before they had been published, and he had like sent this to Morse, telling him about you know this this Illuminati thing. Um, okay. and, and you also get other. There's another anti-Illuminati writer named Timothy Dwight, um, who sort of follows this, and, and they sort of begin this sort of like conspiratorial, uh, or this common condemnation of, of like an imagined imaginary group of conspirators. Um, Too much time has passed, but it's uh, Letter Kenny season eight. <laughs> it's holy sheet. That's the name of the episode. Yeah. Uh, go watch um, that. So why are these people hating so hard on the Illuminati, being that they've been gone for almost a decade? Well, like still, it, why it's, are they hating? it's it's sort it's of, easy. Well, you have to understand it, it's like the satanic panic. It, it's something that like doesn't exist or like, just like a minor like news story or something that's just it's been a, it's a it's a straw man. That's it's, what it is. It's a straw man and it's also like sort of a game of telephone that's going between people. It's like all those people, you know, when like when they have like the conservative rallies or whatever and they talk about like abortion and they all have these like absurd stories about like what abortion like like doctors who give abortions are doing and they're all yeah like, like what i heard is they put like kind of like a reverse blender inside <laughs> yeah I, I heard that it's like called they, an immersion blender that they stick up there and just turn it on i heard they exactly do it, i heard they do it up to the ninth trimester i heard, now, they do I it heard it that in, days after birth i mean i, I heard that it. like in certain states that you know late-term abortion uh, is like seven years. Like they if they're need, seven, like they'll take a seven-year-old, like a second grader. What they need to do them. is up, up, up that late-term abortion up to like a max of like six hundred eighty-six months, so we can really abort some of these fucking idiots. <laughs> so like, I don't want to. I don't want to have a conversation about abortion, but like I always made that joke at work. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna have abortion, have it real late, like when they're ten or twelve. <laughs> you find out if the person's gonna be a dick. <laughs> yeah, get rid of this kid. <laughs> take him out. Get the fuck out of here. Um, so being exiled, no, no, no relation, <laughs> Leon. Okay, you're being exiled <laughs> from the house, Leon. Uh, and technically, um, Leon's birth was his first ex. <laughs> I love that joke. His mom needed him out of there. I love that fucking joke. <laughs> okay. Um, and and sort of like sort of going back to also like trends today. Um, in, in sort of like uh, newspapers at the time, the, in, during the 1800 uh, presidential election, um, there, there's sort of like um, people, you know, bring it up in discourse, this sort of like rave, wave of like rationalism that's going on in like France, um, sort, sort of like people are tearing down churches and replacing them with like 
the temples of like rationalism and stuff like that. And um, people so, didn't like that, right? So, well, well, yeah, because it's not just you know like we're we're gonna make a temple to rationalism. It's like it's like we're gonna completely destroy every other like every real church, like like sort of like Mao style, just like sort of like rip down churches and then just like turn it into like a debate salon. Okay. Yeah, the problem the problem with like most of those movements is they're they're just they're fucking they go too far. Like gotcha. they they're not look they're not looking to bridge anything. They're looking to like iconoclast it. Yeah. Okay. Um and, and this also sort of like promotes the development of like gothic literature in the US. Um so so you have um sort of like this the crisis over the Illuminati gets referenced in um in a in a novel called The Secret Witness, um, which is published in 1799, and also Julia and the Illuminated Baron, um, which is written in 1800. Okay. Um, and, and also too that um, a lot of these um, panic um, sort of like that goes with the Illuminati also traces back to sort of fears of that period of, of sort of like immigrants um, from the Caribbean causing like a slave rebellion. Because you have to remember during this time period, this is around the time that, you know, like, Haiti has its revolution, yeah. and, mm-hmm. like, slaveholders in the southern United States are terrified of what happened in Haiti. Like, they do not want that to happen in the U.S. because, you know, it would mean, like, They're the slaves rise like up and kill them all. one to a hundred, yeah, I wouldn't want that to happen in the U.S. if I was a slaveholder either. Problem is they're not outgunned or outweaponed or any of that kind of have stuff. Have you ever played StarCraft? Zerglings overrun Marines every time. You just gotta have enough of them. Um, it's a video game, Ryan. <laughs> but eventually, Real life's not a video game. You do know the difference, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in video games, you get unlimited bullets. Come on. Uh, eventually, <laughs> eventually, the concern sort of like dies down as sort of like political trends occur in Europe. You know, like Napoleon, you know, actually brings back slavery in in Haiti, like we talked about. Um, sort, uh. sort of like that that backlash that happens. Um, within like the French Revolution, or say as a response to the aftermath of the French Revolution, um, but it does get revived when the anti-Masonic movement pops up in the 1820s and 30s that we talked about. Because okay. um, remember, the Illuminati was a Masonic organization, so the two are somewhat tied together in that fact. I can already see Napoleon coming back, and so they just being like, "Oh, thank God he's back." There's people we can oppress again. That was getting way out of control. I had to be on the same level as Comp. No, I needed somebody to oppress very badly. Thank you for coming back, Napoleon. Thank you. Yeah. Well, wasn't uh, Napoleon? I can't remember exactly, Steve. So please help. But wasn't Napoleon hyper nationalist? Like he was hyper French. Yeah, he and was. He, was he very- thought black people were not French. Yeah, he he's like one of those. It's it's a very common trend in like France sure. today, where like people on the right and even like some regular socialists have this like belief that like they should have like full like like socialist programs, but that like immigrants and like you know people who are not like of of what they considered like French nationality, so people who are like of Algerian descent or, or African descent you know, shouldn't be extended the same rights because, you know, they're not, quote-unquote, you know, French. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of the, of the French Revolution. The, yeah. The opposite of which, it. It's, which... it's, it's, basically, it's, a, it's basically a rollback to uh, a, uh, what's it called, conservatism. Yeah, it's, it it's sort of like what we talked about in our, um, our, our Black Duke um, episodes. Yeah, Mon- Monte Cristo. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in, in the 20th century... 
um, sort of during the, the interwar period, um, fascist propagandists, one, one of them is this British um, historian named uh, Nesta Helen Webster, um, and an American socialist named um, Edith Starr Miller. Um, they, they sort of popularized the myth um, of the Illuminati, um, claiming that it's sort of like the subversive secret society that serves like Jewish elites. And, and sort of wants to, um, and, and sort of like, like Nesta's side, that it wants to bring about like Soviet communism, and then on the 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 Edith Star Miller side, that it, that it sort of wants to like implement like full like market capitalism. I love when people just kind of attribute terms to things that they don't understand. You know what I mean? Like I know that doesn't really apply in this situation, but I heard you say communism, and I just hear people like ranting and raving about. So you're. Well, no, you have wait, to remember, well, your well, average person has an average understanding well, of things. Well, Ryan, yeah. it, they, they are talking about actual communism. Because you have to remember, this is like the 1920s like, No, yeah, yeah, that's 30s. what I said. This, this, so, this notwithstanding, it's just when you said communism, it triggered every time I hear somebody say it now in the year of our Lord 2020, where I'm like, do you, do, do you know what communism is? Or are you just saying communism equals bad? Like, what, what, what is, what's going on here? Yeah. I knew that back then they knew what they were talking about, but... And you also get like evangel um, evangelists, like uh, one of them that that sort of is big on this is named uh, Gerald Burton Winrod, and it's sort of like as part of this like conspiracy theorist movement that that emerges within um, Christian fundamentalism in sort of like the 1910s, and it's sort of this backlash against you know the Enlightenment of of secular humanism, modernism, liberalism, all that um, intelligence. Yeah. Facts, reality. <laughs> it, 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 they, they sort of use the intelligence, facts, and reality. I want to go back to where I thought I was the best thing walking when I had my slaves. Can I, I read a quote. Can I get it? Well, it's, it's, it's so not, prescient because well, I read not, a quote earlier. Go well, ahead, first, first, before you go, it, I want to say it's not really like that. That like Billy Graham, like his like full that into Copeland bullshit. Okay, he was he was full into segregationism until like they were going to take away Liberty Universities. Um, like accreditation if they didn't um, desegregate um, it, it's more along the lines of like cause you have to remember during this period this is like the scope spunky trial period so oh. it's all part of that backlash against that of like they're going to teach they're, they're going to teach evolution in our schools so we have to stop them like they're going to teach children like sex education like that, that like type the... of level of like evangelical they're just mad yeah. they didn't get caught, taught sex ed, and their entire sex life is missionary position, 8 p.m., Saturday night, lights off, don't talk. That's that's the extent of their sex. There's that's literally the sex a uh, – there was a quote I read earlier and hadn't heard it in a really long time, which was um, – uh, which what I forget how exactly how it goes. But it's like uh, when you've been privileged for so long, equality feels like oppression. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's how all those movements end up. They all start the same fucking way. You've had this, like, time period where you were really privileged, and, and now the, the scales were tipped in the other direction, and you feel like you're being oppressed because you were you were in charge. And that's really what it comes down to. Like, that's the same thing that happened with the fucking Catholic Church. The Catholic Church was in charge of fucking everything, and they controlled knowledge and the dissemination of information and learning. That's why and they then, sat there and they screamed, oh, we're being oppressed, help, we're being there's oppressed. There's more to because it, but at, at a general level, yeah, and then people become zealous and, and they want to return to the uh, to what was good, and that's the throwback to conservatism. And, and here know. we are today in this room. Oh, yeah. Another one. Another one. Um, and then um, sort of 
sort of getting to like the modern day like sort of version of the Illuminati, a lot of that sort of comes out of like right wing populist <laughs> groups. Procter Gamble. Like um <laughs> Alex Jones. Like well No. Well I, we're talking about before then and it, it's mostly has to do with like the John Birch Society. Um okay. which the the John Birch Society is sort of this um right wing populist organization that, that sort of comes out of the fifties. Um they're they're like ardently like anti communist. Um they're they're like very like suspicious. like they they thought John F Kennedy was like a communist like like that level of of like crazy like that um, level of insanity yeah and they they begin like sort of like speculating that um, that college fraternity is like skull and bones um, that that you know the Bohemian Club like, like Bohemian Globe uh, Grove which Grove? is like a which is like a gentleman's club it, it, and the like. But I thought Hillary Clinton was. I'm about to say Bohemian Grove. I thought it had something to do with Hillary. And um, think tanks like the Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission, uh, no relation. Um, <laughs> well, they're that, our cousins. That but. they're all that they're all sort of in league with like the American upper class, um, and with the um, yeah with like the, the Illuminati, and that they're like <laughs> trying to create a new world order, which would be like a one world government. These people would be great writers if they didn't think they were completely right and very serious. <laughs> well, you know, you know, the Illuminatus trilogy is like is like partially written by one of the like founders of the John Birch Society. Uh, that does not surprise me. The John Birch Society can go fuck themselves. You hear that? Great. Uh, now we can't get any sponsors because they're all tied up. Demonetized right there. We have to we have to do like that one Mister Show sketch where it's the um, the Nation of Islam. And he, he's just doing the rundown of, like, he's like, when I said the other week that I wanted to behead all white women, what I actually meant was <laughs> I wanted to give them beehive hairdos. I wanted to be behead all white women. The beehive hairdo is an elegant hairdo. And he's just, he's just, like, going through, like, breaking it all down. And then he has um, David Cross is, like, the uh, the guy that, like, stands behind him with, like, his, his arms crossed in front of him. Like, <laughs> like just, like, agreeing with him when, like, he makes a point. David Cross Jesus. is the winner. It's a lot of David Cross. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan, but I will say the same thing I always say. I understand why people think he's funny. I just want to break his fucking face. God. Okay. I, have no, I don't know what it is about him. You know how, like, some people just get on your nerves? Mm-hmm. David Cross gets on my fucking last nerve like as soon as he starts talking it's like misophonia just kicks in and my brain's just like you're supposed to be angry at him put him in the face put him in we- the face it's like conspiracy theory with like Mel Gibson your triggers are now active oh Jesus Christ he's, <laughs> he's just can't like can't stand him I don't know why back. that's why I couldn't watch uh, what show was that Steve uh, it was really popular Arrested Harry Development Henderson? Arrested Development uh, yeah. yeah oh Arrested Development Con- sorry could not watch it at all. As soon as he was on it, I was like, "Can't do it." That's like you're sort of like the like a character from like Revenge of the Nerds. You're just like, when I see these nerds, I just want to start punching. <laughs> you're like, you're like ogre. I'm a jock. Fuck. You're like ogre before he um, before he got brought over and joined the nerds. And I think it was the second movie. I'm still like mid transition, I guess. Um. So. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. So the the Illuminati sort of becomes like a free hand for any sort of like secret organization that's like controlling things behind the scene. But but in actuality, the Illuminati like barely controlled like the Freemason lodges they took over. 
So it's kind of like when people scream about, this is Obama! <laughs> kind of same idea? Yeah, kind of just like a... a like Obama deep... had no fucking power. He didn't do shit. Well, it would be like the deep shit. state argument for their, like, the deep state. It, it's sort of like a less ridiculous version of, like, the QAnon people, where they, they have, like, these elaborate conspiracies about, like, what's really going on, and you have mm-hmm. these two, like, secret societies fighting each other. Yeah. Um... And from there, we're going to move on to to Skull and Bones. Um, Skull and Bones, like I've mentioned before, is... is Steve, Steve, what's that? I'm sorry, I I can't hear you. Everything just cut out. My (laughs) my internet, my phones. (laughs) Coming for you. I just got banned from Facebook. In Minecraft. In in Minecraft. We're going to be talking about Skull and Bones in Minecraft? Yeah, in Minecraft. That's that's when your phone and everything just instantly, like... Like turns, turns back, back on. on. You have like it goes. It, you even have like a faster connection than you did before. It goes from like <laughs> 4G to 5G. This message just scrolls across my computer. Good boy. <laughs> Thank you, citizen. <laughs> um, you may now resume your bullshit. So the only thing that I know about the skulls is like, or the skull and bones is like the 2000 movie from like the from like 2000 with joshua jackson in it you know i don't want to make my brother sound too cool but he's he's been there because he's been to freemason events at, at yale you can't go in uh-huh. yeah but, but you can't go into he's the been tomb. There. he's been like there like right outside the building he's got pictures of it and stuff yeah it's 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 pretty freaking um uh well they don't even really a have way a fence. to put it yeah, no, they, they don't because they don't need it. That's how powerful that organization is. Well, it's, they it's don't just, need a fence. Well, it's just a frat house. <laughs> yeah, there's no uh, fences in any of the frat houses in Gainesville. Um, so it, it I don't it, think they're allowed to have them, are they? Well, they, I guess they could, but they generally, like, they probably don't because, you know, like, when they have big, like, groups, they just, like, big gatherings, they'll, like, park in the grass. Bro, why did I just snidely, like... Why did I just Boris and Natasha when I searched Skull and Bones on Google? Because sometimes I like to do that, but I type Bones and Skull. <laughs> secret, secret. What Amer- is this secret American Bones and Skull? <laughs> sounds like sounds like capitalist plot. The sounds NSA like capitalist plot. What you're typing? Um, so Google in in, in 1832 at, at Yale, um, they they have a lot of what are called debating societies. Um, and de- debating societies are, are sort of like these, like just like what they sound like. They're, they're sort of like debate teams. It's actually um, what it is is it's a debate as to whether they're a legitimate society. It's it's the society <laughs> that the bullying society picks on and gives swirlies to. Um, That's right. So the these these debating very s- good, Ryan. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, actually, we'll get to that. It's actually probably the opposite with skull and bones with with how they're like recruiting. Um, standard or set up um, but these debating societies they're, they're called Lenonia, um, Brothers in Unity and the Coopian Society um, they, they I can't take these idiots seriously the they, Fallopian Society Fallopian Kaloopy? Yeah, the Kaloopian Society. <laughs> the Kaloopian Society. That's why you're not you're not allowed to go inside. If for those of you who are not familiar with Kaloopy, uh, go ahead and just go to www.pluto.tv. Everyone and everyone knows what Pluto.tv is, Steve. You just tell them it's a channel on Pluto TV. It's a website on the internet. What you're gonna want to do <laughs> is you're gonna want to open up your Netscape navigator. Oh my god! And you're gonna want to go to www. No, 
https backslash colon hot fuzz steve no you need to stop you need to stop doing your tight five for your tech tv like try out tech tv podcast yeah Tech TV, uh, hello. Funky <laughs> gone. I don't. We're not yeah, even well, G four like te- my... like Tech TV when they used to have like no no we're gonna Tech talk TV about... still around, bro. Fucking Leo Laporte's got security now. He's got Twit. It's, it's <laughs> great. On I, you can get on IGN's twenty four hour. Channel. I pay. I pay for. It. I do. I use IT Pro TV, which is their like one that they sponsor a lot to uh, do certificate training. They're still around. Um. So, anyway, Kaloopy is a series of bouncy women in bikinis that just plays to music. Imagine, and apparently they're related to Skull and Bones. Imagine if you were 12 and, like, in 19... 19- I don't know, dude. That, no, no, okay, no, I'll give wait. it to you. Imagine if you were 12 in, like, 1993. This would be, like, the greatest thing ever. This would be a, hardcore pornography it, for It's me. essentially, like, when you stay up late and watch MTV and they show, like, all the all the rap music videos and stuff where, like... Yeah, bump, bumps in the trunk. Where they're, where they're yeah. half, like... Dr. Well, no, Dre and Ed Lover. Well, no, they have that, like, After Dark. Where they yeah, would, MTV After Dark. Yeah. Where they would play, yeah, like, Alanis Morissette video. Word. Shit. <gasps> Ooh. Wait, come on. Um, How, why no one's got a big brown beaver? <laughs> so, they, they get... They get mad over um, this one group called Phi Beta Kappa. Um, Phi Beta Kappa still exists. It's like one of those um, sort of like honors groups, honor societies. Um, sure. And they, they get mad over how the Nerds. awards are given out. So William Huntington <laughs> Russell and Alfonso Taft. Um, Alfonso they, Ribeiro. And, and Alfonso Taft is the father of William Howard Taft. Um, now, was he fat? I don't like think so. I don't think not that there's anything wrong with that. It just was. <laughs> well, they being fat was a genetic well, thing for that family. Well, the thing they the thing about William Howard Taft is they talk about how fat Taft is, but he really wasn't like that fat by today's standards. He was like two fifty or something. I like thought that. he broke the White House. Like at well, one he, point, he got stuck yeah. in the bathtub, but it was probably a small bathtub. It's like right. It's like fatty arm. Honestly, I'm like two twenty. I think right now two twenty three. And uh, I can barely fit in my bathtub, so I, I feel them, you know. Um, so, right? oh, but they, I'm like, 60, I'm, I fit in mine just fine. So, well, he, what kind he also, of, uh, that seems questionable. I bet but, your legs are popping out that. Thing. But Steve, you also have like an old Cracker House bathtub, so I do. That's true. I do. I'm, I'm about. I'm close to six feet. I'm like an inch off. And that's that's oh. a Florida Cracker House, not just like a old. Oh, yeah. white person house. Well, what's yeah, crazy no. <laughs> is the the uh, you know my wife's aunt who owned the house. She was like six six. So how'd she fit in there? She must have not taken baths. That's all I can think of. She took showers. <laughs> she didn't wash her knees. She took showers. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh. um, so the the first sort of like members of um, of Skull and Bones um, is is Russell Taft and and sort of like twelve other individuals who aren't as notable. Uh, and the, are they angry men? Possibly. <laughs> um, I will go anywhere for a pun. Anywhere. <laughs> they they're they're also like they have alternate names and they're called like the Order, um, Order Three Twenty Two, and the Brotherhood order of Death. Order Sixty Six. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. Execute Order Sixty Six. So there is a. I just got done. I'm, I'm telling the world now because I have never platinum a game before. But I just got done beating Jedi Fallen Order, and uh, it's a good game. there's a. I, it's a good game. 
I I beat a hundred percent of it. It's fucking nice. great. I yeah. missed one thing apparently. One thing. What'd you miss? There's a uh, an Easter egg at this door because I and I knew I'd only found out about it because in this in the credits at the end basically they credited someone as having um, Darth Sidious's voice and I was like he wasn't fucking in the game and then I'm like what the fuck's this so I go and look at it and there's some door like in the beginning of the game it won't open. But if you keep hitting it 66 times, Darth Sidious comes on and says, Execute Order 66. There's, oh my God. Well, also, too, there's that scene where um, when they institute Order 66 and the hologram comes on the one, like, commander's, like, that's like hand pad, and he, like, tells them, like, in, in the movie, you know, like, to, to execute the order because of their, like, their conditioning. Like, that. they just start killing all the up. Jedi. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. I um, remember that part. So, they 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 have all these like different names for them, and, it, and it's like one of those things where they like make dis- make themselves sound cooler than they actually are. <laughs> right. Um, right. And and they also have um, uh, that in 1856, um, they they sort of have this alumni organization that gets incorporated called um, the Russell Trust Association. Um, which is one of the, of course, one of the co-founders of um, the Skull and Bones, and, and they sort of like collect finances for essentially the the society and like maintain the tomb, which is their main headquarters. It, it works the same way if you're like in a fraternity, because um, like my dad was in a fraternity, um, and and like you're still a member and you get like the newsletter and stuff, and and I you think get a text from your dad in like two minutes. Steve, stop talking about that on the, the podcast. Up, yeah. <laughs> I was not in anything. <laughs> um, so it, it's like that. I, I I live in Gainesville now, and I lived in Orlando for a while. So um, and I had a lot of friends who like very were intertwined in the fraternity sorority lifestyle. So I have a lot of friends who were in like SIGEP and stuff like that. It's just it was just a headache every time I heard them talk my, about bullshit. I'm just like I'm my, my dad was a my dad was in a fraternity like the one he was in. Like I I could have joined and like been accepted because I would have been a, a legacy, like they'd have to accept me. Mm-hmm. But the one that was at UCF, uh, his chapter, they were, at the time I was at UCF, they were kicked off campus. Like, like oh, they, yeah. like, for, for, like, hazing, like, it, it was, like, one of those, like, situations where, like, one of the younger pledges, like, died from, like, a drug oh. overdose. That's oh. um, like just absolutely thing. ridiculous, man. Um, when I was in like uh, when I was getting towards the end of high school, and we were thinking about going to college, and I was just thinking about like what am I going to do? I knew enough about fraternities from my buddy Mike because he was in one that I knew I would. I knew I was never going to join that group, and that I was not interested in any way. Oh, like, just same. Like I, I never really wanted to be in one, and then I already had like a, a pretty large like circle of friends. That yeah. like all lived around me in college. That I was just like, I was just like, I don't, I don't need, like, like another yeah. group of like people to, to like get along with. Yeah, yeah. Ruin um, your life for a little bit. So, the the first like extended description of, of Skull and Bones happens in like 1871, um, and this guy named Lyman Bag writes this book called Four Years at Yale. Um, and he, he sort of describes the organization as the mystery now attending its existence forms the one great enigma which college gossip never tires of discussing. Um, and and what this is attributed to is this guy named Brooks Mather Kelly um, says that 
Um, in Yale, the societies are, are senior societies, so underclassmen are not allowed to join them, only seniors. Um, so a lot of the information about the rituals and what goes on doesn't get spread around the college because all the members are gone the following year. Uh, and so be and, and so because they're like seniors too, they don't want to associate with like underclassmen. Fucking dirty ass freshmen. So essentially what you're telling me is that a fraternal organization is essentially a classless organization. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Um, and then <laughs> you could have so, figured that out just by looking at who they accept into their ranks, bro. The five-minute podcast with Steve. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just, I'll be like, this is just an offshoot of our main podcast. It's gonna be five it's, minutes. It's just, it's just that like Chris Farley bit from SNL where he's like, "Do you remember when you said that thing? You, yeah, you that remember was when cool. you said that? Yeah, that was which cool. is, <laughs> which is essentially like all gas no breaks." But, like, uh, just that style of, like, interviewing where you're just like, yeah, you know that thing? Yeah, that was cool. Um, uh, and so, sort of the way that Skull and Bones accepts new members is that they have what is called, <laughs> um, at Yale, they have what is called Tap Day. And, and Tap Day is sort of like Pledge Week. Um, and it's something that's gone on since 1879. Um, and um, Skull and Bones in, in the 1990s began to um, select women. Um, but, uh, before then the process was that they would select 15 men, um, to, to sort of join the organization. Um, and the people at TAPS to, to join the organization are, are sort of like campus leaders and, and noticeable figures. Hmm. Um, and, and so you gotta be one of the cool kids. Yeah. And it, and it sort of gains this reputation that being a member of Skull and Bones is like being in the, like the quote unquote, like power elite. Like the elite among the elite, um, Jesus Christ. and and so um, this guy named Lanny Davis, he he wrote in the 1868 Yale Yearbook um, that sort of like the qualifications of like what they look for in the ideal group of like a skull and bones like recruitment during Tap Day is they have a football captain, um, a chairman of the Yale Daily News, um, a, a sort of a, a conspicuous radical. Um, a, a whiffin poof, um, which I believe, uh, I believe that's supposed to be like a, like a dandy. What's yeah, because because a, a, a poofed or a, a gay man. Okay. Well, essentially, it's not a it's not, not a, a completely gay man, but like so an effeminate person. Gay guy. Okay. Well, like no, an like an effeminate person. Like I would say that uh, oh, actually, a whiffin poof is like a member of the acapella singing group they have at Yale. So yeah, ah, a gay man. So like an Andy Bernard. <laughs> Yeah, like an Andy Bernard. Somebody, yeah. I, somebody. I can't like a, find perfect C. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dresses so dresses up in his like pastel ties <laughs> and um, a, a a swimming captain, a notorious drunk with a ninety four average. So so somebody who's like a career drinker who who does well in school, um, a filmmaker, a political fucking, columnist, fucking Hemingway. Yeah, a religious group leader, a chairman of the lit. Um, a, a foreigner, a ladies' man with two motorcycles, an ex-service what? man, a a quote-unquote Negro, if there are enough to go around, and a guy nobody else in the group had heard of ever. And that's who they're supposed to shoot for recruiting every year. Yeah, that's sort of like their ideal. Like this is this is the perfect like. Um, so I'm not going to joke around here. That sounds fun. Um. So. 
like all the all the all the senior societies, which you have to remember, Skull and Bones. I mean, that group of people sounds like a good cohesive group of people to hang. They out sound with. like awful people, but it it sounds like searching for like like specific no, RPG together, members. Yeah. Out with that group of well, this is this is like a casting call for like an Animal House style like frat movie. Like that. This is right. who we want. Um, right. Like all those secret societies at Yale are, are somewhat exclusive. Um, so for a long period of time, it was only like Yale itself was like Protestant, white Protestant males. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that changed? Wasps. So, yeah, that like, changed? so, yeah, like they eventually went in, you know, some Catholics <laughs> and, and they had to round out the sports teams. Um, so while, and so while Yale is exclusive, the secret societies are even more, um, were even more exclusive. So while Catholics were able to join some of these groups, um, Jews were often not allowed to. Um, and, and, and eventually, um, a lot of these groups would join um, societies like Skull and Bones um, because they they would bring in like like very good athletes. Um, for instance, Skull and Bones' first Jewish member um, was player Al Hesberg in 1938, who was a football player. Um, and Levi Jackson um, was um, was the first African American member of the society, who was also a football player in the class of 1950. Um, and he had also turned down an invitation um, from the Berzelius Society, which is another secret society at Yale, in order to join the Skull and Bones. Hmm. Um, well, by that time, they had a little bit of uh, cachet, right? Well, well, they had always been exclusive since like the 1830s. Because you have to remember, like a former. Well, I'm president. saying, like at Yale, Skull and Bones is like you know that's what you want, right? Yeah, they're they're generally considered to be like one of the best, I believe. Um, and and even though like Yale became coeducational in 1969, um, they they wouldn't allow a female member until 1992. Um, and this is um, and and some of the cool. other secret societies would do this um, earlier than Skull and Bones. Um, but what happens is in 1971, um, the um, the Alumni Association sort of prevented them from um, allowing women to join. Was Bill Clinton, wasn't Bill Clinton in the Skull and Bones? He was not, but John Kerry was. John Kerry was? Okay. And George Bush. Uh, yeah, and George, both Bush, Bush Sr., um, Prescott Bush, and um, H.W. were all in Skull and Bones. Um, because they're all a, they're all legacies. Jed was just at BWs. Yeah, they're they're all they're all legacies, so they automatically get in. Jeb wasn't in there. Jeb yeah, was I, at B Dubs. Yeah, I th- yeah I think <laughs> um, he was getting wings. <laughs> um, was, so was poor they, Jeb not smart enough to go to Yale? I well, Jeb was the smart one. Oh, what Jeb, the fuck? Jeb Jeb oh, was the one. Really Jeb was the one, one that they thought was going to. Jeb, places. Jeb was the Joseph Jr. of the Bush family. If you if you know the Kennedys, Joseph Jr. was supposed to be the one that was going to become president, but yeah. Joseph Jr. died on a on a combat mission in World War II, mm-hmm. um, and Jeb was the one who was supposed to be um, the presidential hopeful. But um, but George ends up becoming the presidential hopeful mostly because of like um, Jeb's idiot. Jeb's marital situation. Yeah, um, because because Jeb because Jeb is um, he's like separated from his wife, 
um, but they won't divorce because they're Catholic, so they pretend they're still married. Like, they won't even acknowledge the fact they're separated. And that became, like, a major hurdle, along with his, like, children's, like, drug abuse problems from him becoming, like, president. Looking back in the year of our Lord 2020, looking back to Jeb now, it's like, oh, that's nice. Like, y'all remember when Howard Dean's presidential campaign got nicked? Yeah! Crazy <laughs> like, yeah, that, that. Those that. times. Those are good times. You remember when Obama wore a tan suit? Yeah, he wore, and, he wore and a tan suit. Remember, remember when he ate Dijon mustard? Yeah. I mean, what was he thinking? I mean, jeez. Um, his feet up on the presidential desk like he works there. Come on, man. Well, I'm, well I'll just oh. say, you know, like, Trump, Trump eats, like, overdone steak with ketchup. So that's, like, well no, 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 no. Don't ruin the joke, Steve. You're ruining the joke. <laughs> The joke is that you don't even need to fucking say what Trump does. I'm just, I'm just saying that. Like, I know the pool Fox is very I'm, strong to say what he does. I'm, I'm but the sure joke that, like, is, we'll be here for a three-hour episode if we go over everything the, Trump. No, no, no. The joke is you leave it out because there's yeah. nothing. There's no way. It's not even comparable. But an, anyways, time. back back to the sexism of. of <laughs> Back to old sexism. Instead of the 2020s. No, this is the 1970s. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, we've so, come a long way, Ryan. It's been it's been an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> so the the um the, the sort of class of 1971 of of Bonesmen, they're, they're sort of dubbed the bad club by the alumni because for trying to do this. Um, and eventually, what happens is that there's a debate, and in 1991. Um, they, they're seven, um, seven women are tapped to join the next year's class, um, but the trust tries to stop them. Um, and they do this by changing the locks to the tomb, which is like the fraternity house of the, of the bonesmen. It's like where they mm-hmm. do their meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, so they instead, uh, meet in the manuscript society building at Yale. Okay. Um, and eventually what happens is that there's a mail-in vote from the alumni as whether to accept this, and it goes 368 to 320 to accept women in the society. Um, but William F. Buckley, um, he, he attempts to obtain oh a restraining order um, to block the move. Um, that He says that there needs to be a formal change in the bylaws. Um, is, was Buckley a skull and bonesy? Yeah, he was in the skull and bones. That uh, is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, do you and, so, Brian? Do you know who William F. Buckley is? I know I've heard the name before. You but should you should watch the documentary called "Best of Enemies" because it will it's do amazing. it will do a be- better job of explaining who he is and like why he's the father of essentially like Fox News. Why I know maybe I've heard the behind the bastards episode. Well, William William F. Buckley is the father of sort of like conservative political pundits going on TV and talking about how like black people need to know their place in society. I'm pretty sure behind the bastards talked about him because yeah, oh, definitely. Probably, he's definitely a bastard. You should. Steve's right. I'm gonna second Steve. Uh, so you get the double Steve here. You should like if you have nothing planned for later, watch that. Okay. It's amazing. I think uh, the best of enemies. The best of enemies. It's on. Uh, it's on Netflix. And he, remember, he, documentaries lie to you, but this one's telling the fucking truth. Yeah, it's a lot of Mostly. it's a lot of footage, and, and like it sort of goes that him and um, Gore Vidal, who was sort of the like the liberal sort of like pundit, they were they were brought in to sort of like spar with each other on TV over the the Democratic election at that time, which was the 1968 election, mm-hmm. and. And, like, it eventually, like, it gets heated to the point 
where like William F. Buckley like threatens to beat up Gore Vidal. On, and he on says, TV. he says, quote, "Well, you know, I, I won't say what." Yeah, he says. you should, you should just watch it. Um, you should watch it. So it's what got and, him in trouble. And and back off the the tangent. Um, there there are some alumni who speak out in favor of women joining. Um, John Kerry is one of them, and and Robert, I don't think we have enough girls in there. <laughs> and, and Robert Inslee Clark Jr. Um, spoke out in favor of admitting women. This um, boat is not swift enough. And, and the, <laughs> the, the, the the dispute gets highlighted um, in the New York Times. Um, and then a, a second alumni vote on October 1991 um, agreed to accept um, accept them, and the lawsuit was dropped. I believe you mean the failing New York Times, Steve. Let's get that right. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I like the New York Times actually. I find them to be pretty uh, pretty down the right. middle. Yeah, um, not bad. So. Uh, a researcher, uh, the chief research archivist at Yale University, um, Judith Ann Schiff, um, she, she writes that the names of the, of the members of Skull and Bones were, were secret until the 1970s. Um, or, the, or no, that their membership was not secret, but their meetings and practices were. Um, and, and we know a lot about the member data um, because an anonymous source leaked the rosters um, to a man named... Um, Anthony C. Sutton in 1985, who was like writing a book on skull and bones, mm. um, and and the membership um, was privately kept for 15 years um, because Sutton feared um, that the that the photocopied pages could somehow identify the person who leaked them, um, and he he wrote a book. the The book he wrote was America's Secret Establishment: An Introduction to the Order of Skull and Bones, and it, it was, um, and there's an appendix in the book um, that sort of has a compilation of members. Um, and among prominent alumni are um, William Howard Taft, um, George H. W. Bush, George W. Bush, um, Chauncey Depoe, who was president of the New York Central Railroad System and also became a United States senator in New York. I don't trust anyone named Chauncey, except Chauncey <laughs> Billups. He was great, he could ball. <laughs> Juan, Juan Terry uh, Tripp, uh, founder and CEO of Pan American Airways, or World Airways, which is Pan Am. Whoa, bro. Um, Joseph, this is getting a little bit heavy. Joseph Gibson Hoyt, uh, first chancellor of, of Washington University in St. Louis. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. These are some heavyweights. Supreme power Co- hitters right here. Supreme Court justices uh, Morrison Uh-oh. R. Waite and Potter Stewart. Ah, useless ones. <laughs> Um, James James Jesus Angleton, um, founder of oh the CIA. Oh my God! How dare he try to fucking co-opt his middle name? I thought his name was Jesus Angleton. <laughs> now nah, he said Jesus. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jesus. Well, Steve, when your first name is James and your last name is Angleton, I don't think your middle name is Jesus. Hmm. Um, be right. He- Henry Stimson, who was um, U.S. Secretary of War during World War II, um, Robert A. Lovett. Who was Secretary of Defense during the Korean War? And um, what Lovett Field is named after? Yeah, cousin Ooh, of Lyle Lovett. <laughs> William B. Washburn, Governor of Massachusetts. Um, Henry Henry Luce, the founder and publisher of Time Women Life. Women be shopping. 
But not Henry, that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Henry Henry Luce, the the founder and publisher of Time, Life, Fortune, and Sports Illustrated magazines. Um, Wait, John what Carey, are these people course, members of? Skull and Bones. Yeah. Yeah, these are all notable members. All right, so um, keep going with that. I want that thick receipt. Keep going. Stephen Stephen A. Schwartzman, founder of Blackstone Group. Oh um, my God. Austin Goolsby, um, chairman of, uh, of Barack Dude, Hussein Obama's I, Council of Economic Advisors. I really want to that to Barack Hussein. <sighs> it's so ridiculous. Obama. I really wanted to like have my name be Goolsby because it's just such a great name. Like if you're gonna start a uh, like a pompadour psychobilly band, you need to have your last name be Goolsby. Mm-hmm. And also, and also have questionable opinions on uh, race relations. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd go there with it. Well, you brought up you brought up rockabilly, and that's maybe like, the human race. That's I'm, like I'm talking. No, I'm talking about psychobilly, which is uh, like it's like rockabilly, but like with the misfits. <laughs> that's that's always, exactly what whatever it is. whatever like that the, gets like brought creeps. up. I always think of that Hard Times article about the creep show, the, the Madsen, six, Tiger Army, the the six year old who has like rockabilly parents. It's like six year old with rockabilly parents. Oh yeah, no it's idea so good. what the fuck is going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so um, good. Harold Harold Stanley of Morgan and Stanley fame. He's the he's the Stanley of Morgan and Stanley, um, and. And Frederick W. Smith, the founder of FedEx. So, like, so like every once in a while, like, do you remember that one season? And um, rest in peace, House of Cards, because thank God it's done. Thank God it's done because I can't watch Kevin Spacey anymore. But uh, uh, that one episode where they like went out to the woods with all the like influential people, and and he was out there with them. That's yeah. what I'm picturing right now. Just well, a big old folksy woods party with every person that's, in charge that's just, of every industry. That's just Bohemian Grove. And black people, <laughs> if you can find them, right? Wasn't no, that's, that their that's thing? One black person. Steve, that's literally just Bohemian Grove. Unbelievable. That's that's what happens at Bohemian Grove. Like, see, what's like, funny is like they're allowed to meet, but if you make an if you have a meeting of Italians in the Appalachians, they all get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fuckers. Easy, easy. Their tone. <laughs> <laughs> May his mother die of cancer of the eyes. Um, oh and and like mentioned before, you know, in two thousand four, um, it it became the first instance of two um, of two members of the Skull and Bones um, sort of going up against each other, and it also got brought up by the candidates in their autobiographies. Um, in George W. Bush in his autobiography references that he was in Skull and Bones, but then he, he says he can't say anything more than that. And um, John Kerry does the same. Like, he, he mentions he was in it, but he can't say anything about it, you know, because it's like a secret club. Which is which is normal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that when you start... Okay, so here's the problem, right? This is the problem yeah, with all these organizations. Just you get right to the core of all of it. I Collu- like some intro collusion. Right Here's Coll- the problem. Too. Collusion is a uh, assumption, right? But uh-huh. it's not unfounded. And so, as soon as you start to see, and whether you're on the bad side 
or the good side or the conspiracy side of it, you know, like, again, whether you're the Joe Rogan in the room, <laughs> Joey Diaz, or you're the Eddie Bravo, okay? <laughs> like, collusion is the, is the problem, right? And this is one of those organizations that we have so much information about who's in it that to not conclude that there's collusion is like, it just seems stupid. <laughs> like I would, I would say that they're like with Skull and Bones, there probably isn't that much collusion because it's just more like being a member of a country club. Like, sure, you like you network with people, but I don't think like. I gotta like, give you credit for just for just stepping up to like I just said it was stupid and you yeah. just stepped right up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your argument is that you think it's just more of a networking thing. You don't think they're actually actively like meeting together and going. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like you're in college together. Like these are some guys I hung out with. Like perfectly plausible. Like perfectly I don't plausible. think there's any love lost between like John Kerry or George Bush or like John Kerry and like other members of like Skull and Bones. They've definitely reached that that like ro- so like if you play like a rogue like you get to a level <laughs> where you've got the right and I'm talking about real rogue likes like rogue net hack those games. Like you Caves get to of a le- Caves of Cud. Shout out to Goon Made Game. Uh, so. You get to a level where you've got all the items, you got your, your mining tools, you got the right spells, you got the right rings. You pretty much can't die. You're immortal. You so effectively like, beat the game. There's a cro- Yeah, there's a crossover, right? And almost every member of this group is on the other side of that line. Like, they almost effectively can't go back the other way. There's no way. They've beaten the game of America. They've won. Basically, they've won. All they have to do is go forward. And it's almost meaningless for them to go forward because they're just going to win anyway. Because I I mean, like, as an organization. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I understand that. You're just just describing rich people. (laughs) But I'm describing uh, the fact that there is a group that a a large number of these extremely, like, well-placed rich people tend to be a member of. I'm not even Eddie Bravo here. I'm not saying yeah. that anything's going on. I'm saying that it's easy, it's easy and almost laughably easy to is, assume collusion. This is just this is just rich person Facebook before there was like Facebook. <laughs> like like they're all like they're like they have like a group chat like, going. <laughs> half these half these people are like people on like their friends list who they're just like, God, this guy's such an asshole. I just have him on like I just have him on like mute because I don't want to like unfriend him because he's such a pain in the ass. Like <laughs> their group text headers S and B besties. Bush keeps getting it, get trying to get me to buy his fucking paintings again. Um, so to to move on to sort of like the facilities of of Skull and Bones, um, like I mentioned, their 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 hall that they meet in is called the tomb. Um, and and the building was first constructed through like three different phases. Um, the first wing was built in 1856. Um, the second in 1903, and then towers and a rear garden were added on in 1912. Um, and it kind of has um, what, what was called like uh, like an Egyptian style. There, there was what was called like the Egyptian revival, like during this period. Um, and, and it sort of has like also like neo-Gothic elements, which is also like sort of synonymous with like the Gilded Age. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the area um that was sort of designed in 1912 um was was sort of designed by a former um bonesman um the the architect um Everts tracy um and he was a former bonesman and his paternal grandmother 
um, Martha Sherman Everts was the maternal grandmother of Mary Everts. They, they were sisters of um, William Maxwell Everts, who was also like in the founding group of Bonesmen. Hmm. So, you know what's crazy is if you go, if you, and this is kind of like a pro pros of nothing, so I apologize, but if you go on Google, you can actually see pictures from the inside of the Skull and Bones tomb that somebody had taken at some point and posted online. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, that it's creepy. supposed to be like super secret. Well, I think, the, I think the whole idea behind it is the same thing with the Masons. Like, you can go into a Masonic Lodge. You can go all the way the fuck in. There's like one room you're not supposed to go into, but... You can kind of look in there too. Nobody's really going to raise a fuss, but it's all it's all related to ritual, so it has to be weird. Well, they all they all do like embarrassing like fraternity type rituals, which is why you can't talk about it. When I say like rituals, I don't mean like they're doing some like satanic panic, like like sacrifice sure. shit. Like one of the rituals you have to do is, and this is like I've heard this numerous times. Like I, of course, it's never been confirmed. But is that when you join the Skull and Bones, one of the rituals you have to do is you have to be stripped down naked and you have to lay in a coffin and you have to masturbate while all the Skull and Bones members like look down on you from above. Like, I guess it's supposed to feel like you at your like most vulnerable and weak. But mm. what that means is, is that George H.W. Bush masturbated naked in a coffin while his father watched. That's so gross. I just threw up in my mouth and in my That's head. So disgusting. First I threw up in my head and then I threw up in my mouth. Um, so we don't really know who the architect was that, that designed the tomb. Um, it, it's possibly this architect named Alexander J- Jackson Davis or, or an architect named Henry Austin. Alexander uh, Jackson Davis Dumas Hamilton Washington the <laughs> third um, and and one of the one of the theories is that um, Davis was the architect because um, when they added when they sort of incorporated the towers into um, the building they were they were originally towers on campus that were designed by Davis had fallen into disuse mm-hmm and and also um, Austin designed very similar sort of Egyptian revival brownstones in the area, and then so that's, a, a, eventually um, a, a landscape architect, um, architects from New Hampshire, uh, Saucier and Flynn, um, they they designed sort of the wrought iron fence um, that, that sort of surrounds a portion of the complex. Saucier. <laughs> um, the the Skull and Bones also has an island. Um, called Deer Island, which is in the St. Lawrence River, um, and one of um, one of the authors on Skull and Bones, um, Alexandra Robbins, um, she wrote she wrote about it, um, uh, sort of like this um, quote from George W. Knight about it that says, uh, "The 40-acre retreat is intended to give Bonesmen an opportunity to get together and rekindle old friendships. A century ago, the island sported tennis courts, and its softball fields were surrounded by rhubarb plants and gooseberry bushes. Rhubarb. Cap, cat boats waited on the lake. Um, stewards catered elegant meals. But although each new Skull and Bones member still visits Deer Island, the place leaves something to be desired. Now it is just a bunch of burned-out stone buildings, a patriarch size. It's basically ruins. Another bonesman says that to call the island rustic would be to glorify it. It's a dump, but it's beautiful. <laughs> it's a dump. Uh, Skull and Bones, like, sees the number 322. Um, it's in a lot of their insignia. Um, and it, it's... 
the the biggest belief, like the the most popular theory about it, is that it marks the death of the Greek war raider um, Demosthenes. Um, and a, a letter between early society members in Yale's archives um, suggests it's a reference to the year 322 BC, um, and that members measure dates um, from that year instead of the Common Era. And 322 BC um, was the end of the the Lamian War. Um, with the death of um, Demosthenes um, and the Asinians um, were made to dissolve their government and establish like a plutocratic system instead, um, whereby only citizens who possessed 2,000 drachmas or more could remain citizens. So why would they use that date specifically? As, as sort of a joke about like being like the rich and like okay. sort of controlling like an oligarch system where only the rich have rights. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and also, two documents in the tomb um, have purportedly been found that date. Um, they have used the date system Anno Demosthene. Okay, there you go. Um, and then also, two all members measure time of day according to a clock that's five minutes um, off, um, and, and they refer to regular time as barbarian time. Okay, as, as, now we're just getting into elitist fuck shit, which is why they're going to get their heads chopped. I mean, um. There's, there's also sort of a thing about how um, that the, the number itself um, is, is sort of related to a, a society founded at a German university, um, which would mean founded in um, 32 Second Corps, um, which would refer to the First Corps in, um, at, at a G German university. And the corps are sort of like uh, fraternities at German universities where they do like dueling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and members also give each other nicknames. Like, um, for instance, like a tall member would be called the tallest member would be called Long Devil, um, and Boaz would be like a name given to a um, a varsity football captain, um, or or Sharif to a, um, a, a a prince of futures. Okay, this um, place is seeming a little bit lamer by the second. And, okay, and many of the chosen names too come from literature, like Hamlet. Um, Uncle Remus, um, also from uh, religion Uncle and Ruckus. myths. Um, <laughs> um, for instance, um, banker Louis Lapham, he had the nickname uh, Sancho Panza, and um, he 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 gave it to his political advisor Tex McRae. Didn't Skull and Bones steal the skull of Sancho Panza or something? We'll we'll get to that. Okay. Um, and then um, Avr. Uh, a member Avril Harriman was named Thor. Um, Henry Luce was nicknamed Ball. Mick George, like, like the demon. Yeah, no, Ball because he had one ball. Uh, <laughs> Mick Mick George Bundy was nicknamed Odin. And because um, he had one eye. And George H W Bush was called Magog. Oh as my in, like, god! The, the biblical Gog giant. And Magog. Yeah. Um and and two. Um, Skull and Bones has a tradition which they call crooking, and, and they sort of strive to be like a better crook than the other person, and they do this by like stealing um, keepsakes from other Yale secret societies on campus. Um, so like stealing like their like their ceremonial objects or stuff like that, which is actually common in fraternities too. Um, and they've also been accused of stealing the skulls of famous people, which includes um, Martin Van Buren's skull. Um, it's believed that that either Prescott Bush 
it is believed to have stolen Geronimo's skull, and also um, Pancho Villa's skull is believed to have been stolen by them. God damn. It's just crazy. Um, and, and moving on from them to like a 20th century sort of secret society, um, the, the Bilderberg Group. Oh my god, do we have time? <laughs> they're, they're pretty short. Um, okay. the, the Bilderberg Group was founded in 1954, um, and it, and it was sort of um, and it was sort of held at at the Hotel de Bilderberg in Oosterbeek, um, Netherlands, and it was sort of initiated um, by uh, by a group of people, um, mainly like, for instance, a, a Polish politician in exile, uh, Joseph Ratinger, um, and a couple of like uh, European monarchs um, who were worried about sort of like rising anti-Americanism in Western Europe, and they were afraid that this would weave to, like, a wave of, like, Soviet-backed revolutions. Mm-hmm. Um, Dangerous. So, so Redinger approaches um, Prince Bernhard of, of Netherlands, and, and he sort of agrees to sort of put on this meeting, and he also gets um, a, a former Belgian prime minister, uh, Paul Van Zeelen, and then um, the head of the corporation Unilever, um, Paul uh, Ridgkins. You know Unilever, the... That soapy the, motherfucker. Yeah. I was going to say, aren't they still around? Yeah. They make soap. <laughs> um, they, they in turn contact um, Walter uh, Bettel Smith, who was the, the head of the CIA at that time period. WBS. Um, and they ask um, Eisenhower, Eisenhower's advisor, um, Charles Douglas Jackson, um, to, to sort of like approach the um, suggestion. Um, so the idea is that they're going to invite um, these 50 delegates um, from 11 countries in Western Europe, um, and then they're also going to invite 11 Americans to attend. Too many Americans. Um, Way too many. And, and too many crooks. The, and the idea was um, to have like a, a representative from like a liberal point of view and a conservative point of view um, to, to sort of like argue... Um, these like to sort of speak at these conferences like they don't publish what they actually speak about but it's just sort of like a big like think tank meeting that happens um and because the first meeting was successful they agree to have it um every year and they have like a permanent steering committee um and the steering committee organizes the conference a lot of the people who attend these organizations um nobody really knows until like it happens like there's a couple like the steering committee is known but a lot of the attendees are not really like like people are informed about it until like the day of. That's crazy. I mean, you're rich enough; you got the opportunity, or you got the money to just up and go to wherever the fuck well, you need to go. Well, the for people the- do do people decline. Well, no, the the people who go know in advance. It's just that like people don't know like the the itinerary of the event. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. I totally misunderstood what you're saying. All right. So, yeah. so the idea is is that like they invite people, but it doesn't publish the list. So you know, like. For instance, like if somebody wanted to assassinate someone attending, or like if if like the KGB or somebody wanted to get to somebody, they wouldn't know like who who their targets could be. That's reasonable. Um, and the, the conferences have been held in France, Germany, um, and Denmark. Um, Safe way. O- over the years that initially followed, 
And the first U.S. <laughs> conference was held in 1957. That's where Steve went this weekend. He went to the Bilderberg Conference at all days. The first uh, Bilderberg Conference was held in the United States in the conference area of a Comfort Inn off <laughs> I-10 in Tallahassee, Florida. <laughs> the breakfast of three-day-old bagels, cold coffee, and dry Frosted Flakes. Just just down the road from Cafe Risque, the uh, <laughs> that's in Micanopy. <laughs> yeah, and I'll I said, I that's in Micanopy. <laughs> yeah, it's just north of Gainesville. Oh, um, God. So the the first one is held in the United States in 1957, um, and it is sort of held with an endowment from the Ford Foundation. Um, and the Ford Foundation had had also supplied funding from the 59 to 63 conferences. Right, um, along and, with the uh, people like you, and the um, and, and the conference is spread. And the Arthur E. Sloan Foundation. Yeah, so it's a lot of like private corporations and these sort of like think tank foundations, you know, that fund things like NPR, that, that sort of commit funding to the meetings, and, and eventually, um, the the meetings expand to 120 and to 150 people that include political leaders um, and. and different experts in, in industry, finance, academia, and members of the media. Um, about two-thirds of the participants come from Europe and the rest are from North America, um, and then one-third um, from politics and government, and the rest are from those other fields. Um, usually the, the attendee list, um, they have more bankers, politicians, um, directors of large businesses, and board members from large um, publicly traded corporations, and these have included um, IBM, Xerox, Royal Dutch Shell, which is the Shell Corporation, Nokia, and um, Daimler. I feel um, like it'd be illegal for Shell to have a Shell Corporation because it would be a Shell Corporation of Shell. <laughs> and um, heads of state are also um, ha- have been there. Have been um, King Juan Carlos the First of Spain, um, and the former Queen of Netherlands uh, Beatrix um, have also attended. She gets around. <laughs> Hillary went to one, didn't she? Or she been to a couple? Um, she she's probably been to some as like a as like a a <laughs> politician or, or also someone's like beard. Just just a political specialist. Um, it 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 came out in 2013 that um that most of the people don't know about who's going to be there and um until like the day of. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. There's too many people. I don't I don't feel like dealing with. And, and they generally promote what's called um, Atlanticism. And Atlanticism is just sort of like this NATO um, sort of mindset of having like close relations between Western Europe and, and the United States. So it's not really a secret organization. It, it is we to just... the degree that like what goes on at the, at the Bilderberg Group is not known. Like you can find out who went there um, in roundabout ways. But you don't know what they talked about. The meetings aren't published. Nobody takes notes, like that type of thing. Nobody signed the NDA. And this is it, pretty much. And, okay. and it's generally these like movers and shakers in and like in all all aspects right. of society. So again, the assumption of collusion is pretty high. And and well, it, it it's not really an assumption. That's like its its goal. It's a guarantee, right? Yeah. yeah. So and. It, it sort of their goal is to bolster what is described by Andrew um, Kakabadze um, that their theme is to bolster a consensus around free market Western capitalism and its interests around the globe. Well, that's fantastic. 
fuck capitalism. <laughs> um, in, in 2001, a member, um, or I should say a group founder, um, Dennis Healy said, um, to say we're striving for a one-world government is exaggerated, but not wholly unfair. Those of us in Bilderberg felt we couldn't go on forever fighting one another for nothing and killing people and rendering millions homeless. So we left that a single community throughout the world would be a good thing. So it's essentially they're, they're promoting globalism because they believe coming out of, you know, two world wars, you know, that that people need to learn how to cooperate on these levels so that we don't have like like European conflicts boiling over into, you know, these world conflicts. And they're not entirely wrong. Yeah, they start from a good place, but it's an influence organization. So, yeah, um, it, it quickly degrades into terrible. So they, they, it's, it says on their website, which they do have a web page. Um, it's, it says, it says that they follow um, Chatham House Rule. I believe um, it's www.ebombsworld.com. <laughs> that's that's the um, that, that's how um, insidious they are. They just keep stealing content and putting their watermark on it. <laughs> And the reason why they follow this rule is that so that they um, is that they can use any information that they gain during the meeting, but they can't disclose like where they got it from. That's dumb as fuck. Um, and and sort of a major um, attraction of going to these weeks, which was supplied, which was sort of provided by a former chairman, um, Etienne uh, Davignon, in in 2011, is that it, it's just sort of like a way for um, an opportunity for sort of these people to meet and speak candidly and, and not have like what they say sort of disclosed to the media because what they say could be like controversial or, sure. or sort of like cause like problems to happen. Like if the guy from Shell, you know, starts, starts going on about climate change in the 1990s, you know. Uh, it's like, like the difference between Elon Musk saying that he thinks his stock is a little too high on Twitter. Yeah. It's, it's, or in a hotel where no one can hear him. It's Nega Elon. <laughs> Negalon. Negalon. That's all we need. Um, um, a 2008 press release from the quote-unquote American Friends of Bilderberg stated that their only activity is in its annual conference and that the meetings um, are, are all that happens. Um, and in those meetings, no resolutions were proposed, no votes taken, and no policy statements issued. Um, though it has come out that um, that they do have like small um, conferences outside of the big annual Bilderberg group meeting. Oh, I mean, so, so these people are made up. Do they have Zoom meetings? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did he get Zoom bombed? Oh, man. Um, you hear about the, the Bilderberg group? Uh, they were having a meeting. It was just a big dick on one of the screens. <laughs> Turn off... <laughs> Turn off the whiteboard. Turn off the whiteboard. I can't. Turn it off. The tabs in his Internet Explorer said "busty college girls." This is why. This is why I told you all that you need to have your picture uploaded to Zoom so I can be sure who really is who when they join this meeting. Um, the the permanent the permanent sort of secretary of of the the Bilderberg Group currently is uh, the Dutch economist Ernst von uh, Bugel. Ribbentrop. And, and originally, um, and, he, and he replaced Redinger, who was the original um, permanent Joseph chair. Ratzinger? Yes. <laughs> pope? The Pope. The Pappy. I'm a freaking Pope. I'm a freaking Pope. 
Um, Prince Prince Bernhard was the the BDX chairman until 1976. Um, Bernhard. But he had to drop out because he was involved in a scandal called the Lockheed Affair, um, which was Uh the sort of bribery scandal that happened between the the 50s to the 70s over um, Lockheed, um, sort of bribing uh, officials in countries and um, to to sort of like buy Lockheed planes. Oh, Lockheed Martin involved in bribery and some shady shit? I don't believe it. Yeah, Um, I'm going to call bullshit. According to um, James A. Bill... Um, the steering committee would usually meet twice a year to plan programs and to discuss um, the participant list. Um, John John Ronson of um, the many steric goats fames and awesome documentaries. Um, he he sort of investigated the Bilderberg Group in 2002 for his um, for his book and documentary um, them adventures with extremists. Um, and sort of what they do is that they host um, they the host country. Um, has to book um, an entire hotel for four days and they have to arrange catering um, transportation and security and they usually um, pay for this by soliciting donations from corporations like um, Barclays um, Fiat Glaxo, uh, Smith Quine, Heinz Nokia and Xerox that's so disgusting that they could just solicit donations for that. Come on, stop it. Um, and and like as mentioned, you know they're mainly criticized for their like lack of privacy and because of or their lack of um, their strict privacy and secrecy and lack of you know accountability. Um, and this are they, lack of are they technically illegal in Italy? Um, of that law? I I don't think so because they actually publish like who's there when it happens ah, and they okay. actually publish the meeting site. Because remember the whole thing about pop, uh, Propaganda Due was right. that they were not posting when they were meeting or where they were meeting. And, and okay, Bilderberg so as long as that's... That. Yeah, and I feel like that's the powerful group, right? They're going to be like, yeah, we're going to be here, and who's, here's who's going to show up. Yeah. Well, step, also, step up, bitch. It's also <laughs> one of those things, like when the G8 like summits happen and stuff, where you see those pictures of like... like heavily armed like guys like standing on tops of buildings like that level of like security oh so they could just be like yeah we'll be there you mean, like when the president goes anywhere and the yeah services sitting uh. on top of buildings and um so this has sort of become like popular um with the same type of people who go on about the illuminati and they sort of get transposed into that and it's it's also sort of a fodder for like eastern european conspiracy theorists um, because you have to remember, like the big the big trend in like Russian fascism is going against what they call Atlanticism, which is sort of this like Western European American like sort of domination of the world, um, right. and, and sort of against an it's sort of opposition to what they call Eurasianism, um, which is sort of this belief that the Russians are the descendants of like the Mongols and are this like er like superior like barbarian like mongol like people that need to conquer the world gotcha uh, is that it yeah so that's it on the, the Bilderberg it? group yeah there it is we got to the end of secret societies and that's why this was a two-parter good god it was long but informative i i was thoroughly engaged i was enjoyed by myself and not in a skull and bones in a coffin sort of I, I was I found that to be a fine audiovisual adventure. Yeah. Well, big thank you to now 100 and pl- 100 plus followers um, on the Book of Faces. Big thank you to everybody who listens to us, tunes in, gives us even a cursory listen. We appreciate you. 
Yeah. Even if we're your white noise. And we are white, so we're white, white noise. We're double white noise. At the $5 level of the Patreon, we'll just make C noises on a track for you. That's the $10 whale noise track. Just to mock us, we'll take it. Alright, I'm out of here. Okay, bye. Alright, later. Bye, everybody. <laughs>